Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to OVP 100 part two. It is our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast here to romp you through a very special documentary. I am, of course, Joe Murata. That is Mr. Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. Howdy doody part to you. Deuce. Part deuce and yeah. domino. Deuce and domino. <laughs> yes. Ducks. Yes. Is that what they say? On Frank the- Ducks. Frank that guy's an asshole. <laughs> yes, he is. Did, did he lie about everything? I don't, yeah, I yeah. think so. <laughs> Folks, thanks so much for being back with us here for part two of OVP 100. It is Monday, October 1st, 2018. Glad to start your week off right here. Well, hopefully it's right. We'll see what we're reviewing here and uh, how that goes. But we want to thank you so much for being back with us as we continue to celebrate 100 years of OVP, Quinn. 100 years Centennial. of part two. Part two, exactly. It, what, what podcast has their uh, 100th anniversary have two parts? It's... Yeah, we're, that is we're pretty like rare. Trendsetters here, I guess. Are we? Do you think this will become a trend? What if when we get to two hundred, that we have to do that in two parts? Right, right. Or do we do we have to do that in three parts? Do we have to keep escalating it? Like, and then eventually, like we just always have parts. Yeah, there's just always pa- lots of parts. One thousand. One day episode. it's just going to be like a week long podcast that comes out every day. That sounds awful, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. But folks, what doesn't sound awful is if you go over to Twitter and follow us at OVP Podcast. You can do that. You can also email us at OVP Podcast at Gmail dot com. That is OVP Podcast at Gmail dot com. Quinn, we've mentioned the Facebook group time and time again. Why don't you tell the fans a quick hit about it? Well, it's at facebook.web.100 um, century. It's a good site. It's clever. Uh, yeah, 100 century. That's the new domain name. <laughs> Very clever. Over there, you can go in the search bar, type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, and then our podcast appears, the group at least. The mm-hmm. group version. Yeah. Don't click on the other one. It's the Just a page. publicity page, I guess. PR. The PR department over at HQ yeah. makes us. Yes. Anywho, over there, you hit the join button and uh, you're in. Uh, you can enjoy the hijinks, the, the, the low jinks, the low jinks, the Chester McCheeserton getting. Hit the face. Oh, yeah. Tons of hat posts these days. It's very hatty over there. <laughs> There's a lot of hats going on. Hattie Neidhart. And we <laughs> and we we uh we do our very best to maintain a very fun, positive, stupid culture. Jake Georgian last week described it as the middle school lunch table. Yes, which the middle I like. school lunch table of uh, wrestling, I guess. It's better than a sophomore class field trip. <laughs> At high school. <laughs> In high school. Uh, so yeah, go join the Facebook group. Whether you were a fan of wrestling like only 20 years ago, whether you've been a fan for 30, 40, 50 years, whatever the case may be, if you're a new fan, join the group. We will be nice to you. It'll be a good time and say hi to Chuck Mass in your first, yes, first post. Yes, first post, Chuck Mass, Chuck obviously. Mass. Hi, Chuck Mass. Yeah. Uh, so do that. Also, we'll have some information about our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash OVP podcast. There's three great tiers. You can go there if you want to donate. It does not affect this regular Monday show. Not at all. Next week, season 11 kicks off with episode 101. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back to business as usual, regular show, tweaked format like we hinted at last week. Yes. Some tweaking. Some tweakage. Yep, there'll be some tweakage. So stay tuned for that. And uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to play some more of your fan clips that were sent in, which was great. And we had a lot of fun listening to those last week. Play some classic OVP clips. We're going to do a review and we'll close it out after the review. So Quinn, I wanted to kick it off actually with a clip. Uh-huh. This one's this one's good. This is from Nate Paro, who you might know better on Twitter 
as ring skirts. Oh, let's take a listen to Nate. Ah, the figure man. Hello, Joe and Quinn. This is Nate at Ring Skirts from Twitter. I want to send you guys a big congratulations on the accomplishment of your 100th year of podcasting. That's something that it's it's really quite incredible. The mere fact that you guys have been podcasting before podcasting existed, that you've been podcasting before the internet existed, (laughs) or before the two of you existed, or before the internal combustion engine existed, (laughs) or even the planet, I guess. It's wildly amazing. It's a great accomplishment. Great job, guys. But not only have you been doing it a long time, you guys, you've produced one of the best podcasts that there is, that there was, and that there ever will be. Heck, you guys have produced a podcast that's almost as good as El Dandy. And El Dandy's a great podcast. But in all seriousness, El Dandy aside, I want to recognize the fact that you guys have been doing this on a consistent basis. I know it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of work, and a lot of commitment to come out with a show each and every week on a regular basis, especially with the the production value that you guys have. Um, You put a lot of time, you put a lot of effort into coming up with great, fresh concepts. Uh, The production comes out great. The editing it really shines through. If I didn't know better, I would think that you guys spent a lot of money, spent a lot of money on the podcast, well, whether you wanted I mean. to or not. <laughs> so at this time, I want to raise a frosty glass of Coca-Cola to you both. And I want to say congratulations to 100 years of podcasting and to 100 years of analyzing the great feud that has been Tatanka versus Lex Luger. <laughs> Into 100 more. Congratulations, guys. How much does that guy weigh? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> if you've never heard of Ring Skirts on Twitter, this guy's awesome. He's got the, all the figures. He sets up like as meticulously as possible. Talk about meticulousness. You forget our editing. Talk about spending a lot of <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah. Oh, my goodness Maybe. gracious. And he, I remember when he was doing the WrestleMania 4. Series because yes. I he get the arena. He's that, amazing. I, does he build all that? Is he like a model I builder so. kind of guy? I don't know. But Nate, thank you so much for the kind words. There, that was really nice. And I mean, we just turn the mic on and hit record, right, Quinn? That's yeah, all we that's do <laughs> every week. We just we we have a talk boy and it gets recorded on cassette. <laughs> that's all this is, which gets upscaled over at HQ. Yeah, that's the, all the at super, HQ. The, the supercomputer that we have over there. <laughs> all the the mainframe. Yeah, all the important shit happens at HQ. Yeah, uh, on episode thirty nine, Quinn was one of the first mentions of uh, one of our favorite uh, Larry Nabiscoisms. Oh, which one? You'll find <laughs> There's out. Two of them. Yeah, here's here's the other one. All he talks about is Bruno. Yeah. Oh, Bruno's yard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's all. I just wanted to make Now, was no. that, was that when we, did we actually do the Hall of Fame where he talked about Bruno's yard? We didn't actually, but okay. w- if you're newer to the show, one of our hallmarks is making fun of Larry Zabisco. Well, he sucks. <laughs> like, I, he's one of the worst things I've ever seen in all of wrestling. And I don't care if we get some bad review on iTunes. Somebody got mad that we like shit on world class. Well, it fucking sucks. Larry Zabisco sucks too. So you know what? Fuck you, Larry Zbysko. Bruno's yard. And basically where that comes from is his Hall of Fame yeah. speech. All he talks about is Bruno. Yeah. And it gets creepy, though, because like, yeah, it's like Bruno's yard. I wandered into his yard. I remember I cut together like all the times he said Bruno's yard. It sounds like he had like just brief notes and he yeah. had just one part that just said 
Bruno San Martino. <laughs> yeah. And then he like went off the rails because he it was like near the end of the notes, but he was at the beginning of the speech. Right. So he just starts talking <laughs> and bad. talking and talking. And he's never going to live that down here at OVP. Well, I've also never ever seen him at WWE anything ever again. So they clearly <laughs> were like, okay. So like, right, I was like, go guy. back to go back to the retirement home, Larry. <laughs> Let's check in with Rick Pasley, who's been a friend of the show for a while. Okay. He sent in the clip here, a short but sweet clip. He's a fan of the show. Let's hear what Rick Pasley has to say. Hey guys, Rick Pasley here. So I want to let you guys know also one hundred anniversary or, or whatnot. Hope you guys continue on the good work and everything. I love the love the Mount Rushmore Death Valley. Hope that continues. And also the idea of, of possibly having having you know the alternative history doing that again maybe. Oh, butterfly effect. Anywho, ah. awesome show. One one to list you guys well and and all the good stuff. So bye for now. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. Uh, you can find Rick on our Facebook group. Yep. As well as uh, is yeah, Ring Skirt. Nate Nate's on there, right? I most of these guys are that sent in clips. Does he have like another name? Nate Paro, I think he's on there. So yeah, Rick was referring to the butterfly effect, which was a fun segment we did. I think Eric Points had suggested that one, Quinn, if you remember. Yes, the- yeah, the, basically butterfly effect. The what would have happened, you know, yes. if X happened. That was a fun time. It's like a comic book with if. Yeah, exactly. If comic book. It's like a choose your own adventure almost. Yeah. Quinn, we've made fun of promotions over the years, and for the first forty or so episodes, we were rather relentless towards Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Well. <laughs> for good reason but also it's kind of not as bad as i originally no, thought it's really not mike mills will appreciate that but in episode number 40 the first time we reviewed it you had an issue with the the mountain itself not having smoke and i want to take a listen oh, to okay. episode number 40 i will note this i did not see no smoke coming out of this smoky mountain what is why is it called this Do it's you know? just smoky okay why is it so smoky don't worry about it it's just smoky i didn't see anyone smoking cigarettes i didn't see yeah, you know true. like no volcanoes cigars. or anything it wasn't smoky bars no. you know there's no smoke in this but then again it was because it was in a high school so <laughs> no smoking on the premises that's true <laughs> Well, I mean, I've still not yet to see smoke. Where is the smoke? Why is it called that? Maybe it used to be smoky and the, they put the fire out. <laughs> Keith Hart came in. That's a very timely name then. <laughs> which, <laughs> which Hart is the fireman? Oh, uh, Keith? I don't know. Why not Bruce, right? You're the part expert. <laughs> <laughs> not Bruce, right? Not Bruce. Bruce has got the sunglasses, right? He's, <laughs> yes. he's horrible. He thinks he's so good. <laughs> he does. <laughs> All right, let's check in with uh, WPAN here. Now, oh, uh, boy. Got, we'll plug them as well at the same time. So WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. You can find them every Monday. Listen to their show right after ours. It'll be fine. It'll be great. That's Ch- fine. Check them out. They're two guys that have worked in the business. One is a wrestler, Brian Malonis, who Quinn uh, lovingly and affectionately calls the Wine City Whaler. Yes, as in whaling on like your opponent kind of thing. Yeah, like, not it, like a guy that catches whales or yeah, cries. I, I guess a lot of people over the years here i guess it's years two years right yeah, it's two years have thought i meant like he's oh like a fisherman style no, whaler no like like he beats people up right and it leaves a mark because that's what a whale is right he he uh that'd be a welt well he, no well it's called a whale i looked it all up but it was a whole thing yesterday that's what you did yesterday yeah w-a-l-e <laughs> it's it's an english term i don't know wale wale <laughs> no just whale now brian's um 
Brent's partner in crime on the show is an independent wrestling referee that is currently on an extended hiatus. Probably going to be a long hiatus because he is Big Daddy Mike Crockett. Yeah, it's the biggest of daddies. He's very mean too. Yeah, mean he's, Mike Crockett. He's so mean. He's big, <laughs> and he's he's coming for you. He might be coming for uh, for a box of donuts. I'm not oh, sure. Boy. But let's uh, let's listen to WPAM. But make sure to check out the show, the wrestling podcast about nothing. It's, they give a very unique perspective because unlike us. Who are in the wrestling media, clearly. The, me- the media, <laughs> yeah. as I put air quotes, yeah. as you can't see you, on this media. You can on Patreon yeah. uh, for $1 yeah. a month. But they've actually worked in the business. Brian still does. So let's take a listen to WPAN's extra long clip because there's two of them. They get the extra time. Oh, wow. Two. Two for the price of one, huh? Yeah, it's more like four for the price of one with these guys. The Daily does it. <laughs> Baker's doesn't. Yeah. Let's listen to WPAN. Hey, Joe and Quinn, it is me and Mike Crockett <laughs> alongside the Wine City Whaler for the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, the Kingpin Brian Malone, you mean. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. Every week I hear an OVP, you're the Wine City Whaler. <laughs> Well, every week that I'm on Ring of Honor, I see the Kingpin Brian Malonis. Well, we'll see what we can do by the time the MSG show comes around. Quinn and Murata will be there. Nice edit, Crockett. You're, I know you're not going to be there. You're too cheap to buy a ticket. <laughs> you got a couple comps, right? <laughs> Sold out, baby. Oh, all right. What? It's 100 episodes, Brian, for our friends, Joe and Quinn, our vantage point. So I figured, how do we celebrate this with them? You don't. And I don't know if you know about this, but I mean, I'm a patron. I think everyone should be a patron of our vantage point. The retro wrestling podcast It is. I agree. Quite a value. Thank you. Do I get a comp to that? No, no comps. So on one of their recent episodes, Quinn was saying that he thinks that he could be an enhancement talent and put someone over. I think he was watching like 1982 WWF and seeing the talent or lack thereof that was in the ring working with some of these guys and said, I can be one of those stiffs. And he said that perhaps you, Brian Malonis, would uh, do him the honor of... Letting him put you over. I'd do it. He, he's very gracious in that way, that he would put you over. Huh. Well, that's awfully nice of him, but he wants to step in the ring with the kingpin? That's the that's what he's whaler. saying. So they're retiring the podcast then, because I'm going to kill this guy. Well, <laughs> he talks about us, or uh, both of them actually, Joe and Quinn, talk about us being a little overweight. Yeah. I mean, you much more than me, <laughs> but... <laughs> God, I saw that look, but <laughs> he's got a couple of pipsqueaks, right? Yeah, yeah, a couple of hacks from New Jersey. Who 98 got, pound weaklings. Got a little microphone oh, and, and, and they, and they yeah. think they're saying fat guy and this and that. Well, let me tell you something, Michael Quinn. Come step in the ring with the kingpin. We've talked about how things can get ugly in the ring and we'll find out just how tough you are. Well, he said he thinks he could take a choke slam because he thinks that's <laughs> he the softest that. looking bump to him. Really? Yeah. So. What do you think? Well, let's try it out. <laughs> Open invitation. Come to my seminar October the 20th here up here in Massachusetts. There's Open invitation. Michael Quinn. Grow a hey. pair and come into the ring. We don't need that training stuff. Why don't we just you can get him booked on a show, right? <laughs> One of these uh, fly by nights around here. Well, sadly, I, I probably could. <laughs> But hey, I'm glad that we could come on here for OVP 100 and I could give them the rub of my celebrity of being a Ring of Honor superstar. Okay, so you will be at MSG next year. You will meet Joe and Quinn and maybe in the parking lot, you just give Quinn a choke slam. Why not? Perfect. Yeah, why not? Hey, maybe I'll even sign an autograph for the fellows. That's Aww, very nice of nah. you. So yeah, thanks again, too. Joe and Quinn, uh, for all your support and help over here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. We both enjoy the podcast immensely, uh, even though when Brian first listened 
listened to it. I told him to listen. The first thing you guys said was you. Yokozuna's big fat piece of shit. Well, Malone's just turned off immediately, <laughs> but he warmed back up to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job, guys. All that good stuff. And uh, stick to your realm and I'll stick to mine. How about that? <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks very much. A happy 100 and uh, see you on the flip side. You heard it, Quinn. Stick to your realm and he'll stick to his. I'll stick to my realm. And anyway, that match could never happen. Why? Because I personally signed up for a match with the Wine City Whaler. Right. But this Kingpin character doesn't seem to. Yeah, that's true. He, he doesn't. He seems to deny that's true. His, his, his name. So. I, will, I will say this about these uh, these guys. These two do a very good three man podcast. Yeah, they do. <laughs> So let's uh, let's listen to <laughs> let's listen to another clip here. Uh, this is from episode number forty-seven. It has become a favorite catchphrase about one Jack Tunney. Oh yes, <laughs> this him. Is, yeah, this is from episode number forty-seven. And thank you, WPAN, for all of your support and yes, heckling. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And uh, I would like to to get that on video, Quinn, when you get it, when you take a choke slam from Malonis. Will there be like padding, like a ring? You know, I, I, I think it'll be in the parking lot. But I. I there's a cookout so, beforehand. I signed up for a, a real wrestling ring, and I don't know if the you did. Stuff. I like, don't know. I, I'll do it on like a mattress or something. A did, mattress? Could we find some back alley where there's somebody threw a mattress in the garbage or something? Probably. Yeah. Let's hear. Number, <laughs> let's hear from episode number forty-seven here. So Tony is all mad, and he's like, "Mr. Fuji sucks, <laughs> basically." Yeah. And demolition is now on probation. Yeah. Probation, and only limited to two members. Effective immediately. Demolition is on probation. <laughs> Furthermore, demolition will be limited to two and only two members. So basically, this is how they wrote off Axe, Axe or whatever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tony is basically like, never fucking again is there going to be three. <laughs> He's so He's mad so about so mad. <laughs> that has led to numerous people loving that phrase, never fucking again. That's, which, <laughs> that's, there should be a t-shirt of that. I didn't even meet. I was just, that was just in my mind. I, yeah. I didn't even think that was funny when I said it. It's good. <laughs> and think- it, you know what? Even though he never really said no. it, now in my brain, when I see him, I truly believe he said that at some point. <laughs> Never fucking again. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's take one more fan clip here, and then we'll listen to one more show clip, and we'll uh, take a break and come back with a very special review. So here is Brian J. Rochester, a fan of the show. You can find him on the Facebook group as well. Hi, Joe and Mike of Our Vantage Point. Uh, this is Brian. I'm a big fan of your show. I enjoy your banter with the retro wrestling and hoping to hear more, especially the Rushmore and Death Valley. Sorry, Whoops. Valley episodes, which are my favorites. Well, we probably got probably get people telling you that already. So, uh, yeah. I do have one. I one request. I just always want to know. Uh, you did one on Rushmore and Death Valley on, on wrestling video games. What are your opinions? Regarding the uh, WWF, I'm, I know it's WWE, but I'm, but you know what? Hell, I'm just gonna call them WWF. Well, it's fine. WWF, a retro podcast. Uh, SmackDown versus Raw, or SmackDown games slash 2K video games. Just because uh, I'm just always curious about what other people think. So keep up with the good work, and as my good friend Bill from that wrestling show says, <laughs> wrestle on. Thank you, Brian. Uh, well, kind I, words. Uh, so- I, I know you have opinions because you really liked uh, well, 2K14 a lot. I did. 
Uh, and sorry about the Rushmore going away next, yeah, <laughs> next sorry season, about that. but uh, there's still the extra if you want it. Uh, Quinn, uh, the SmackDown series overall, I always liked all yes. of it. Ever since I've always liked, it. I like the first SmackDown. Um, yeah, the arcade style. Two was where they they found their groove. Yeah, with that arcade like style where yeah. like everyone no sells everything. Right, basically like your Jeff Hardy jump off the yeah. ceiling and somehow you're like, yep, I'll just get back up now. Yeah, you go up to the ceiling where Stu is and then you right. jump off of it. Right, but I I think you especially have enjoyed the create a wrestler in there. Oh, I I made a. There was a period of time in, in late 2013, early 14, where I was unemployed. I was between jobs. And I remember <laughs> I would make, I think I made about 12 people that we know in real yes, life. But the thing was, is they were absurdly accurate. They were. Like down to like outfits that they wore. It was like, crazy. It, it was like really crazy. I had a blast doing that. But yeah. overall, yeah, I like those games. I've always liked those I've games. I've always liked them too. They're Although a lot of fun. sometimes they, they change the controls I know. Up, but then they like change them back. Yes. Like they, it's like they, they can never <laughs> seem to decide like what they want it yeah, to be. I know. But other than that, I, they're fun. Yeah, they're fun. Let's take one more show clip here and then we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We've got to review something mm-hmm. as the shadows loom over us. Yeah, they're looming. <laughs> Quinn, this was the first time that you uh, commented on Mike McGurk's ring announcing uh, acoustics. Yes. Even though she's yelling at the same time, it feels like she's talking into a bathroom or something. Like, hmm. from Calgary, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I don't know, like, why? Like, hmm. it, nobody else sounded like that. Do you still stand by that, Quinn? That I do. But she I, sounds like she's in a toilet. I, don't, I think it's like out of her control or <laughs> she's like yelling too loudly for the acoustic environment that she's in. <laughs> Maybe. I can't. I can't really figure it out. You you basically act like she's in there with Steve Allen and the Bolsheviks, you know, yes, in the appropriate I mean, acoustic environment. She, I, maybe they all pre-tape them from that toilet, <laughs> or whatever that was. What, why was that shower so big? I don't know. That was, was, was that a real shower, you think, or was that a set? It looked like it looked like a shower for like athletes because, what, it's in a baseball stadium, so, mm-hmm, yeah. so that, that makes sense. Sky Dome, yeah, yeah. B- baseball stadium. So, folks, uh, we're going to get out of here for a second. When we come back, we're going to be reviewing something, and uh, again, this is more of a casual laid-back episode just like last week where yes. we're kind of free-flowing here uh, giggling a little yeah. bit, you know, just loosey-goosey, if you was that a phrase? Loosey-goosey and goosey. Both of them? Yes. <laughs> They're two different things, but you put them together, it's like peanut butter and jelly. We'll be back right after this. Alright, so Look at that, huh? Whoa! I know, isn't that cool? Let me get back to the mic It's like here. moving the arm yeah, thing see that? That, that shrinks in the movie. So, yeah. is, this, is this live? Does this work? Oh my god. Oh, I, shit. I don't know what I'm doing now. Oh, Joe. Wait, shit, Quinn, watch I out. Think, is it pointing at us? <laughs> yes, what the hell's going on? Oh my oh. god, I can't control it. Joe. Oh, shit. Hey, can you please? Oh, oh god. What's, what is oh, that? My, I don't know. What is it doing? Why is it turning at us? What turn is it, it doing? Off. Oh my goodness. I can't. I don't know how to turn it off. Hey, what the hell happened? What? 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 Why are things big? What's going what on? What the hell here? is this? Our microphone shrunk too. Is this real? What happened here? I don't understand. Quinn, the machine works, but we sound stupid. Yes, we sound really stupid. I can't even see over the carpet. Well, you know, we could take this opportunity to say things stupidly because we're tiny. <laughs> Hi, I'm Renee Young. Vinny Vitti Vici. <laughs> uh, Quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah. Royale with cheese. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much here as we, uh, we peer over the carpet into yeah. our microphones. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on episode number 70. It's been a great time. I want to be bigger, Gwen. I don't yeah, like hopefully this. Hopefully we figure this out by yeah. uh, the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. Hey, this is Pat Ray, a longtime friend of the show. Actually, I was um, 
just kind of bored. I had uh, a little bit of free time at work one day, and if I remember right, it was maybe a week or two before the Survivor Series uh, in 2016. I just did a Google search, Retro Survivor Series podcast or something like that, and you guys' most recent podcast came up. I think you'd only made seven or eight episodes at that point. You know, I began listening to the podcast. I was just trying to remember some of the best Survivor Series matches in history. And I, you know, so I looked that up and listened to your podcast. I really liked it. You guys were discussing some of the better matches in Survivor Series history. So after that, I started listening to your other uh, episodes and I instantly kind of fell in love with the uh, podcast. Let's see. I'd say one of my favorite episodes is when you guys talked about uh, Hulk Hogan's career and you kind of went over the length and depth of his career starting from when he began in AWA, you know, then the Hulkamania character began, the, uh, his early feud with Andre the Giant, his work in Japan, all that. I found that really informative from a historical point of view. Your discussion over Starcade uh, 97 is hilarious uh, as well. I think I remember Joe... He said that match between Hogan and Sting, the big main event, that it went off about as well as a wet fart in church. <laughs> I think I remember you saying, I always get a kick out of you guys' reviews, and Quinn saying, it's horrible, about, you know, whatever content he really can't stand. So, anyway, you guys have a real entertaining show. I love it. I also like the uh, Facebook group. I uh, found that it's, like, one of the wrestling groups I actually enjoy you know, where people aren't petty and nasty to each other. You guys keep it positive and lighthearted and fun. And so, appreciate that. But anyway, uh, 100 episodes in. I hope you guys make it for 100 more. Keep up the good work. Later. And welcome back, wrestling fans. And thank you, Pat Ray. This is OVP 100 Part 2. Some kind words from Mr. Ray there, That's huh, very, very nice. I, I like that people discover this show actually searching for, like, yeah. other things on Google. Cause That's happened. I guess we're doing something right then, I right? I guess so. I'm we're, not really we're, sure. We're a Google-appearing uh, podcast. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, Quinn, before we get into our review, I want to play two more show clips. They're both from episode number 50. Oh, okay. Now, this is when we reviewed Baywatch. Oh, that. Baywatch here uh, had Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Randy oh, Savage, and Vader. Remember that? Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of another Baywatch-like show. And here's you commenting on the uh, the gym, quote-unquote. This is very funny. Oh. I found this funny. <laughs> so the kids complain about their gym, quote unquote, being closed down. What gym? It's an outside like beach with equipment on it. It's not a place. They're calling it a place. It's just a fucking beach with weights on it. And they're all What are they going to close down? They're going to move the weights inside? I mean, yeah, I remember that. It <laughs> yeah. was just like an outdoor like platform with weights on it. Yes, and people cackling. And people it, cackling right after that. And uh, also in that Baywatch episode there was a weird subplot about skin cancer. <laughs> oh, what the fuck was this? Now, now remember. No, I'm mad just thinking about it. <laughs> here's uh here's us talking about the mole. Is this seriously a skin cancer angle? <laughs> like, that's what we've walked into, besides the nonsense the we're about yeah. to watch. <laughs> right. So then we get a weird mole close-up, like it's yeah. Ren and Stimpy. Like, yeah, seriously, like the Ren and Stimpy close-up on the mole. That was really strange, wasn't it? In the midst of, like, Hogan and Randy Savage and Vader, and, like, yeah. there's wrestling, there's a skin cancer subplot. And what's even weirder is that it's referenced in Friends. <laughs> yes. Like, that episode, the wrestling one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's 
what? <laughs> uh, Quinn, speaking of wrestling, back in 1998, a documentary came out. Oh, really? Yes, and it was uh, it was directed and produced by a man named Paul J. He's a Canadian man. Wait, does he have a last name? Paul J. J A Y. Not J. Period. No, not J. J. Period. J. Okay. Yeah, and <laughs> it had been filmed throughout 1997, and the subject of this documentary primarily was one Brett Hitman Hart. Hitman Hart. You ever heard of him? Yeah, the the Shadow Man. Yeah, the Shadow Man. So Bret Hart was apparently wrestling with shadows. Yes. So Paul Jay decided to document this right, experience okay. of wrestling with the shadows. It was very shadowy. Now, they were a tag team in the 80s, right? The shadows. Yes. They, Bret they, Hart was in it and Paul <laughs> Jay, right? Yeah, Bret Hart and Paul Jay. <laughs> they were the ones under those hoods, those folks. classic wrestlers. <laughs> now, a lot of people have probably seen this documentary. I'm sure I would wager that a good chunk of the people listening right now have seen this but, at some you point. You know, it was like a hot time topic in like you know 90s yeah like this documentary made its way around i don't remember how i originally saw it maybe it was on like hbo or something like you know like a and e yes okay a and e on free tv yeah i knew it was on cable yep but it was like it was a thing that people watched and you know i always thought it was weird that it was made I mean, this might have contributed to you know how we did that whole thing is was this a work yeah right like because like it does seem rather convenient that like all of it was filmed right uh apparently what what had happened was brett was filmed throughout the the year of 1997 primarily it seems like in the summer judging by a lot of the footage and the camera crew came back to film brett's last match in wwf which happened to be of course the montreal screwjob from survivor series so this was really the first peeling back the curtain in terms of the screw job, outside of Dave Meltzer's, you know, long ass editorial that he did, which was actually very well done now, at the time. Yeah, and I would say also, um, I don't remember anything before this that was like this, where it took you truly behind the scenes at yeah. WWF. No yes, less, because to, like, when, to see what what goes down, how the matches are planned, and yeah, stuff like that. A lot of backstage stuff. Some cool insight here. There. It's not all about Brett, but it's all about Brett. But you get right. to see a bunch of other stuff uh, that was going on at the time, which is really cool. Some other guys are interviewed, some cameos that we'll see. I think the most notable for us, though, looking at back at it, it's like, wow, are these people personalities? Bunch of characters, yeah, like, <laughs> as yeah. Brett would say. But I mean, really, because yeah. this is chock full of shit that I think we make fun of unconsciously to this day yeah oh definitely you're gonna see some fun stuff here and i figured that you know in celebration of 100 years of ovp we would review this so quinn without further ado let's take a look at wrestling with shadows and we open cold open here with brett walking through the backstage area with his luggage and you said it was a cheap looking opening it's very cheap (laughs) Uh, it's just it's like the credit like lettering that they use you don't like like it stock and garbage like it's it just looks like somebody used, you know, like the video a, a toaster type or something. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's horrible. Like an Amiga computer. Yeah, it's really, it really bad. What's, like, by the way, what's up with that tribal music that's going on? Hey, hey, yeah! <laughs> it's, like, it's like I'm watching like Ghost in the <laughs> Shell or Blade Runner yeah, or something. Like, what the fuck is this? It, if, <laughs> I'll try to cut some of that music in, but it doesn't sound like it belongs in a wrestling documentary. No, to it me. doesn't. You and know? they play it multiple times. And then, they, you know, there's other weird music in this too on top of the tribal music doesn't fit at all yeah it's it's almost like tell me a lie kind of music (laughs) yeah yeah uh we get some crowd shots we get a brett with two t's rule sign in 97 people are still doing that seriously it's it's the thing you hate somewhere everyone (laughs) spells his name wrong how hard is it to look like in the magazine on screen like anywhere and just see that it's spelled with one t well people just they'll never get it i mean do you 
when we get into the fans <laughs> in this, are you really surprised? No. <laughs> so Brett sits backstage pensively as Undertaker walks down to ringside. So I'm assuming this is SummerSlam 97. I guess. what it seems a to be. A lot of stuff is shown like it's positioned out of order for, yes. for drama's sake. And I get confused yeah. later on. Like, wh- what the fuck is happening? Right. You have to watch closely because they yeah. do, it, it, like all filmmakers do, they, what is it called? Like creative license, I guess, or right. something. Well, artistic they, they, license. They put it in the order that they want it to yes. be in for their purposes. Right. So we're opening with SummerSlam 97, essentially. We right. see Brett walk through the gorilla position. Bruce and uh, Gerald Briscoe are back there. Bruce is looking mighty fat and stupid. He is. He's very chunky. And if you know, if you look closely, Quinn, you can see Gerald Briscoe go running over WCW with his car. Oh, we're going to kill their dads for her. So Brett's first words are, so hard to find a hero anywhere. Yeah. I Already, yeah, it like, starts That's jump. it. Okay. I tried when I watched this to be like objective. Yes, I know. But Brett's shooting himself in the foot the whole time with the like, I'm a hero. It's real. Like all this shit. <laughs> It happens throughout the the movie, folks. Yeah. We get clips of Brett visiting India as kids chant, "He it not, he it not." I loved being a hero to people around the world. Remember when Brett was in India? <laughs> yeah, remember? I, I just think that's funny because yeah. we always joke about Brett, Brett being, being in Italy. Italy. Yeah. yeah, and then Brett's like, "It was like a god coming in their school." <laughs> and you were saying, Quinn, in the same breath. Yeah. Brett refers to himself as a character, but also that everything's real. Right. It's very, very confusing because you're not sure. What does Brett believe? Like, he's like, you know, wrestling is real. <laughs> the but, rare but I'm a character. I know. Like, and like the whole, but this is like a constant theme the whole time. And we find out why as this movie unfolds. We get some good insight as to, like, why Brett might have this mentality. You'll yeah. see as we get into this. It, it's not really all Brett's fault. Yeah, I mean, like, Anytime he talks about the Hitman character, he talks about it in the third person. Yeah. But he's Bret Hart and he's y- real, yeah. but like wrestling's also real. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I know. Is he trying to like keep kayfabe alive so. in this thing? I'm I'm so confused. I don't think he is. We cut to Brett walking down a hotel hallway talking about the big showdown tomorrow in Montreal. Yeah. He said his hotel's all it's, shitty. It's really <laughs> shitty. Like you would think for a guy that is like the highest paid dude on the roster at this right. point, like could they Give him a better hotel. Like <laughs> it's like so small. Like what do you think it was like a Ramada or something yeah, like it that? Looks, it could be. That sounds exactly right. Like a Ramada in 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 uh, Montreal, right? Right. So basically, Vince told him to lose to Sean in Montreal. Brett says he can't do it. He says, "I just assume blow my brains out." Okay, it's it's fake, pal. <laughs> For the record, by the way, Brett Hart is wearing a Brett Hart hat. So I guess that makes him Brett Hat. Yeah, <laughs> you can add that to the hats list. <laughs> yeah, Brett Hart hat. He says wrestling is far more real than people think. And we get clips of Vince's Brett Scoot Brett promo, and then we say one year earlier, mm-hmm. Doc Hendricks and his chin has a cowboy hat on at a rodeo in Calgary. Well, here's <laughs> Brett Hart! Yeah, basically. The legendary Brett How does he? He's like all over this damn he show. He is. He's like, in this a lot. Yeah. Him and his chin. Now, they say it's one year earlier, but yeah. we know that it's not. This is, because Doc says, Brett's the leader of the Hart Foundation. Right. They're in Calgary. Right. Doc's got a hat. This is definitely Canadian I didn't stampede. I did not put that together. Yes. Like, it's not July. It's not November of 96. Right, right. Yeah. So again, the artistic license here, they're trying to set it back a little further than it really was. Right. It's really like it's about four like four months. months or something earlier. Yeah. Just for the record here. So Brett signs some autographs and then he walks away with Blade. 
Yeah, you mean Skyler? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, Skyler Quinn. The, the whole review, I refer to him as Skyler Hart. Yeah, he's in this a lot. Even too. though there's another kid that also looks like him, that's Dallas. Yes, but he could be Skyler also. So this, I'm just thinking of the one that wrote for WWE well, Magazine. That, that's Dallas, but but I, I thought his name was Skyler. No, it's, <laughs> Dallas. It's just a weird name. What are, the, what are these names? I don't know. Like, they're horrible. So we get clips of the WWF setting up for a show, and backstage, Brett talks about a recurring nightmare that he has yeah, he, where, where they're like playing his music and he's naked and he's not coming out to ringside yeah, watching this he just reminds me of like some 90s dad yeah. like trying to be down to earth it's yeah. like you know I have bad dreams you know they're playing my music for the second time you dumbass or I'm, na- it I'm naked yeah. he would have a dream only Bret Hart would have a dream that like the fans are waiting for him to yeah. come out and he's naked yeah but at the same time it just seems very daddish in yeah, its humor yeah. like it, it's really stupid we get various clips of Bret messing up pre-tape promos which was kind of funny yeah that, that it was fun they're showing the human element of Bret Hart you right, know like and he's that not it is like a, it's a production he's not always serious yeah. you know like he has fun and stuff you know I made a promise and I stick to my word and I live up to my promises and that promise is that I'm gonna be a world wrestling and then he does say what's gonna happen in the SummerSlam yes he, he very much the, the he's all over this the, the WCW the, the SummerSlam Summer yeah it's true the, uh, the Survivor Series <laughs> backstage Los Bariquas heckled Brett about thinking he's pretty and he's like I don't want to play ha ha with anybody I didn't say I was pretty and I don't want to play ha ha with anybody by the way, how are the Los Bariquas employed? It's like late 97. <laughs> They're there forever, Quinn. I always, I always ask this whenever I see them. I could see them probably when they first debuted, and I'd ask, well, how are they employed still? And that would be a r- rightful question, honestly. Yeah. Uh, we get clips of Blade, you know, acting like a seven-year-old, just right. running around playing. It's kind of cool. Brett calls him a rattlesnake, which is yeah. funny. He call it, He says he's like his da- his uh, wife. Yeah, he says he, he looks like Brett, but has the personality of Julie, right? Yeah, and I was like, so what, does he act like Roseanne or something? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then we get that famous <laughs> sequence that we love to quote <laughs> where we see a clip of the British Bulldog and Brett says, there's my brother-in-law, the British Bulldog, who's probably the strongest guy in wrestling. Of course. Then we get a shot of Owen. He's like, there's my brother Owen, who's probably one of the best sort of high-flying technical wrestlers in the game today. Right. Because that's exactly what we thought of him. And then we get a shot of uh, Jim Neidhart. And he says, then there's my brother-in-law, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. <laughs> He's a character. I like how I like that. There's just like I don't know what he is. Yeah, like basically, that's the best thing yeah. he can come up with. It's like, yeah, he's a character. Yeah, he exists. <laughs> then we get clips of the Hart Foundation doing their pre-tape promo for Canadian Stampede under the watch of Vince Russo. Even though, of course, Vince Russo never did anything. He didn't do anything. Even though he's clearly like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like, yo, you should start with this, bro. Yeah. Like, Jim, you close the promo, bro. Right, like, yeah. he's all over this, right? And Jim, you close it. Yeah, but, he did nothing. Though. He, 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 did was, nothing. he only he made like pinata on the pole matches <laughs> all, and like horrible yeah, stuff. That's all he did, right? Yeah. Vince Russo's not bad. Yeah, like for the record, he's not that bad. So then Brett gives Jim Neidhart a line, which is, "We're gonna get hungry and we're gonna forget our manners." And you get, it's cool. You get to see Jim Neidhart actually use that line at right. the end of the promo. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get hungry and we're gonna forget our manners. <laughs> I I noted my look. They did the thing yeah. that they just said they were going to do. It's kind of like, cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It right? was nice. Yeah, it so, was neat. So we see the clips of uh, the interviews being taped. Bulldog has like a very festive purple tank top <laughs> on. Did you notice? That? Also, he wears like glasses the whole, the, whole- the whole documentary. Like they're at the house later. Like <laughs> the might is the British bulldog in my wear- glasses. Gonna wear my spectacles. And they're like those circle kind too. Yeah, they are the what John Lennon style. His, what happened to his skinny ones that he used to wear with the? long hair 
remember those? No. You used to see. You remember he used to have them in some things. What, like old man glasses? No, they were like these these like bifocal type small small ones. I don't remember that. You don't remember it? We get to see Animal and Hawk yelling. By the way, fuck Hawk. (laughs) This team sucks. Okay, let's hear it. At Canadian Stampede, everybody on this team is shitty besides Stone Cold. Goldust. I don't think he's good by this point. 97 gold. What like, face gold? You don't yeah, like? I don't like it. What about Legion Shamrock? Of, Legion of suck is there. Obviously <laughs> Shamrock is just like, he doesn't, he's not like, he's just yet. there. Yeah. He's just there. <laughs> but yeah, I know another recurring thing. If you're new to the show is Quinn and I both really don't like LOD as much as others. But again, part of that is probably because we never really got to see their NWA heyday. By the time person, no. Yeah, by the time they're here in '97, it's like fuck these guys already. Yeah, it's like who, why, like what? Why are they good? Yeah, I don't know. Not '97. We get clips of Goldust as Brett talks about he how uh, Goldust pushes that gay button really hard. Uh, we then get clips of Goldust literally doing like an exaggerated gay voice, while, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. But, but it's weird because Brett two seconds later says he's a big hick, like, yeah, Texas yeah. hick or yeah, whatever. He's a big Texas hick. Also, Road Dog and the DOA are with Goldust while he's doing that which is weird. <laughs> so we go outside and uh, some kid lectures us on how it's not a sport, it's sports entertainment. I bet Vince gave him that line, by yeah. the way. Some people, I think, to ask wrestling, are they a real sport? But it's not sport. It's sports entertainment. Nobody said sports entertainment. They're like, it's wrestling. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> who is who, this kid? Who, who is this kid? Yeah. He's like 13 also. he's not- There's a lot of fans in this that are trying to sound smart, but they sound really dumb. Like by, us. By like, <laughs> by like, but I'm saying by their efforts to sound smart, they, they sound stupid. Anybody, any fans they interview during this, they make them look bad. For the most part, they actually do. It almost do. seems like a conscious effort by the director and maybe that this was like supposed to be another documentary. Oh, like, I don't know if it's another, but probably he cherry-picked comments, yeah. Right, I just mean that like the, it was supposed to make wrestling fans look bad, essentially. It, it doesn't everything? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> almost anything that goes behind the curtain, doesn't it make yeah, wrestling fans look it's stupid? True. It's unfortunate. That same kid says that wrestling is here to fulfill your needs. Okay. Okay. Some guys just like it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> this this whole segment reminded me of like Sean Mooney interviewing people at like on Coliseum Video. It's like, well, little girl, what do you think? <laughs> I think Axe is going to win the Royal Rumble. Right, yeah, <laughs> that guy. Like it's like that kind of crap. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Backstage, we see Brett hugging Vader. Brett decide, describes Vader as a big baby, and then we get that. I love that speech. This is, this is great. Vader's lacing up his boots, Quinn, and he's talking about how he's developing a 100,000 square foot real estate complex. <laughs> yes, Vader, the real estate agent. Yeah, I have a degree in business, and I'm also a licensed real estate broker, and I'm currently developing a, about a 100,000 square foot shopping center. Did he actually like succeed with oh, I like, hope so. being a real estate like tycoon or whatever he was trying to be? Does anyone know? If you yeah. know if Vader ever developed that 100,000 square foot complex, please let us know. Maybe he re- that's what he retired off of. That'd be awesome, yeah. wouldn't it? be happy for yeah. Big Leon if that's what happened. We get clips of Sonny entering the ring during oh, her boy. during her like I don't do anything phase. Remember yeah. she's like I don't understand that. Throw off these yeah. shoes. These shoes are killing me. And Brett's like, yeah, she's real flirtatious. And then we see them flirting. I just, she's just a friend, Quinn. I don't believe any of this. <laughs> Neither did Shawn Michaels. This is bullshit. Like she definitely slept with Brett. Well, here's the one thing though. I'll be honest about. Like, it. I'm not just defending Brett. Yeah. In Brett's book, which is an excellent read, by the way, if you've never read it, folks, it came out in about 2007. He is 
unbelievably open about all the affairs he had. Right. Like like everyone, ring rats, like everyone. Yeah. He says the he never slept with Sonny. I don't know why he wouldn't admit it in his book. I he might not have. I don't know. Sean like, did, by I, the way. Yeah. Sean and Sonny had like a nine right. month affair. But I kind of, it makes me wonder because Brett knew she was involved with somebody and he's kind of more respectful kind of guy that he didn't want to, you know. Well, Candido was was gone by the time the book came out, though. Right. I, I mean that not that he's he's passed away, but in respect, he just didn't Maybe. mention that. Yeah, I find I, it. This, listen, this, I find it hard to believe. But the it, way I, they're interacting, Joe, I know it's very like and she plays with his kids all the time. I know. Well, she, so Sean plays with his but kids, I'm saying too. She with the way she interacts with Brett's kids is like in a weird like a stepmom way. Stepmom <laughs> slash like this is who my dad's dating kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. It, it is very. I know. No, weird. I know. Believe me. If Brett didn't admit to all the other impropriety in his book, yeah, I'd probably think that he also slept with Sonny. But the fact that he outlines like specific people throughout his career, but he never mentions Sonny, I don't I, know. I don't buy it. And not to mention, she. there's a myriad of reasons why he might not have mentioned it. Like the fact that she's a crazy drunk drug <laughs> lady now and she might come like looking for him. That's true. Or something like, I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, I know, and, I know. Like, you know, the the cherry on the top with this whole thing is that she gives this, like, speech yes. about how, like... When she was 12. When she was 12, she, like, met him in the, or saw him in the crowd and, like, idolized him. And I'm like, okay, like... Let's, like yeah, really, let's... Uh, yeah. We get clips of Shawn Michaels as Holic WrestleMania 12 entrance on the zip line. And, right, and this is our introduction to how... <laughs> yeah. He, good athlete. I hate him. Basically. Yeah, Brett's made, tremendous athlete. There's things about him that really get on my nerves, which, hey, I hear you, Brett. Yeah. In 96, 97, Sean was a prick. And he'll admit it. Everyone admits it. Yeah. So Brett credits Vince McMahon as the creative genius behind the WWF, of course, as we get uh, clips of the Raw's War opening. And then for no reason, that Brett yeah. commercial. Brett! Remember that? Go get him, Go champ. get him! <laughs> Go get him, champ! <laughs> yeah, from like, yeah, like 94 or something. Yeah. And then Brett says that the Hitman stands for sticking up for yourself. You never quit, you know, and your kids are safe if you're watching Bret Hart. Yeah, didn't he say bullshit and curse <laughs> on TV and that America sucked all when this was, like, happening? Yes. <laughs> what is he talking about? I don't know. This is, this just, again, there is some hypocrisy into there. The, into the, it plays into the inflated ego of Bret Hit, Hitman Hart and his, like, yeah. just his, like, he thinks he's a hero at all times, no matter what. The Bret Hart Hitman character, even when it was a face before 96, 97, yeah. like even like early 90s, he was always still kind of, not like a dick, but kind of a dick. Yeah. Even I, as a face. He really sees himself as like the best human like that he, exists. He sees his character, no, as a human he doesn't, but he sees his character right. as the best. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that it's like the most the nicest person and yeah, the, you know kids should look up to him but he was kind of a jerk the hitman yeah. character not I, always but sometimes it's just it's scary sometimes to watch him defend all of this like I'll it agree. makes you wonder what really is going on in his head i'll agree yeah. and we find out really where this all comes yes, from which is interesting do. um speaking of which we see brett and pillman helping stew into the ring after canadian stampede with like seven zillion heart Stu family members like 180 years <laughs> old like <laughs> <laughs> now we get clips of the infamous heart house and uh oh boy when it's british bulldog glasses right. edition by the way <laughs> this is, again the new glasses yeah. the more circular kind Stu sits uh, reflectively in his chair and then we get clips of Stu's 107th birthday there or whatever. There might be 107 <laughs> candles on oh there. I'm God. not. And yeah. it's like the shittiest cake too. It's like all crap 
happy like in a pan. Like you would think with all these millions of dollars Brett's making, they couldn't like get they couldn't go to like even ShopRite to get him like a fucking like normal cake. I don't think they have ShopRite in Canada. Cool. Whatever, you know what I mean? Like a poutine palace. Yeah. So you you said when that the house looked like shit. It does. Remember, it's like some mansion they bought. It's got like all pictures like falling over off the everything about it is shitty i never liked how they they had all this reverence for the heart, for the house. heart house and how it's a historical monument and all this garbage it's like a dump <laughs> like it's an absolute dump and i don't know why all these years they hyped it up to us and as I become an adult and, like, I know what, like, a good house looks like or, like, even an old good house looks like, this is not it. It's dilapidated, it's garbage, and it sucks. Helen talks about how Stu told her they'd only be in the wrestling business for two years. This poor woman. I know. I, this is so... I, it's sad. I wish we got... One day, I... I did she, Helen's dead, right? Yeah, that's unfortunate because I would really like to hear her like can like candid like not with like stew in the room like her like what do you really think of this because from, a lot of it is fucked up from what we gather she's like she's like I don't like it it's worse now than ever yeah. like I hate it yeah <laughs> she's like she's like I hate it it sucks I fucking I don't hate like this it. whole yeah. wrestling thing yeah. I can't like it I didn't then and it's worse now than ever. And then we get a shot of, like, at Stu's birthday or whatever, and Brett's like, you know, the person I've always longed to be is you. So I guess, like, Brett wanted to beat up kids in his basement. I, what is this? This is where it gets screwy with, like, why does Brett think this way? Like, this is fucked up. Like, his dad is not a role model at all. No, I know. In any way. He, like, spent all his money on, like, fake wrestling promotion when he could have, like, worked a real nine-to-five and, like, fed his children and stuff. I mean, like true, Brett. Like, remember they didn't have a lawn for, like, 40 years or something? Brett talks about in his book how they didn't have shoes. Right. Or toothpaste. Shoes! That's, like, so basic. Now, I'm, I, and, and, and again, I'm not here to make fun of anyone's plight. That's not my that's point, not the though. point. It's the point is that he's, he like, fucked the, it up. he's the provider of yeah. this family. Right. Like, this, this family. family. <laughs> this family. Like, like, he can't, like, if you got to do something else, Stu, yeah. like, dude, and like you have, like, what, 100 kids? What yeah, does he have? 12 or 13. I can't like, remember the you amount. You need to, like, do something. Yeah. Like, so uh, Brett does get into how Stu became a... Now, Stu had a hard life. Let's not throw that yeah, aside. Yeah. He grew up in the freaking Saskatchewan prairies. Right. Like, which is not a well-populated was, part of Canada in the early 1900s. His dad went to jail and he got arrested. He grew up in or, a foster home, Stu did. You know, they, so, they told him to shoot. There. Yeah. Basically, he became a... Um, a wrestler in a foster home and he has a line where he's like they'd uh, they pull your knees over your head and uh, <laughs> your, your head would get blue <laughs> he, yeah he lo- still loves when things turn blue he must like the smurfs a real lot he loves to say the word blue <laughs> he does and then uh, he says but i mean like this story about Stu, just to get to it for a second it's, it's sad like, though it's sad it really is Quinn. but it sounds almost like uh, like a gladiator like if you like it's like it's like they they, they got they picked up the orphans and turned them into shoot fighters like it's it like, sounds fucked up yeah. man whoever these guys were these glad handlers probably yeah. with their twirling their handlebar mustaches what are they like, gonna make money off like kid fighting or something like i people make it off of dog fighting and cock fighting i, I really would like more details on like what exactly Stu was recruited to do as know, a child man. he does say that he was anxious to be a bully which really explains a lot yeah if you think about like how he carried him now like, from what i understand as an actual like man promoter 
Mm-hmm. He was like a really nice guy, but in terms of his family, he was fucked up. Like yes. he was nice to people. Right. Everyone says he He's was a nice good man. outside the family, yeah. but this... it, the details here are not good. And you know what the saddest part is? Is that the family thinks this is good. For the most part, they do. Right. They like, really do. Right. They like genuinely do. And uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, we will. So we get some really good clips of Brett in action with his tremendous selling. I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah. Brett's selling. He's talking about how like they make it look real, yeah, basically. Brett, of course, bragging about his punch. <laughs> you know, my, I think I have the best punches. He does. His punches are they, good. They are good. They're just, really it's good. Just, it's, the, it's the funniness of <laughs> yeah, Brett bragging about his own stuff is always You funny. know, Mr. Haito and uh, Mr. Yamaguchi <laughs> told me that uh, I had the best punches when they trained me. Yeah, and they yeah. said I would have really good matches. <laughs> But uh, Brett, Brett says that his, and I agree with this, by the way, his professional wrestling philosophy, the art form, is to never get hurt or never try to hurt anyone else. I'm, I'm 100%. Yeah, I even noted that separately. I'm like, yeah. thank you for saying that because that's like literally what people should be doing it's, when they're doing this. It's not about, as much as we love, you know, really good spot fest, it's not about, tr- it's trying to do that without getting hurt. Not right, exactly. breaking your neck it's for like, a star rating. You notice that nobody has a black eye. Yeah. Like, it's like, you ever wonder why there's no Mark? Yeah. You know? Speaking of Marks, Brett. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> more, more clips of Brett taking bumps, doing moves, making it real as only he can. He says there's no art in intentionally hurting yourself or someone else. And I agree. I mean, he's, he's absolutely right. I, you know, Brett, I make fun of him a lot, but I think his so like, philosophy of like wrestling is actually like sound <laughs> yeah. and like fine. Yes. It's normal. It's per. It's like what you would want. Yeah. So he's. He's a role model to other wrestlers in that sense. And I think a lot of people yeah. have always agreed with that, right? Yeah. That as far as like a backstage leader in terms of the wrestling side of things, right. there's few better, you know, during right. that day and age. That I'm can... not sure as a person he is. No, but, but he yeah. would admit that. Yeah. Brett bitches about how people don't credit wrestlers for that aspect, for the art form. They yeah. just accuse them of being phony, which I mean, that is true. People that aren't wrestling fans, what they call it is fake fighting. Yes. Which it is, but there is an art to it to make it look real. Right, right. So Brett's right. I yeah. mean, I, that would be frustrated too. No, I, I'm with him on most of this stuff. This is this is where Brett's making sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is fine. So we get some clips of some random dinner at the Hard House. Yeah. I think I just saw Brockus Quinn. Did you catch that? What? He's like, there because they trained him. There's weird things where people will just be at their yeah. house too. Well, that was like a hallmark of Stu. Yeah. Is like people that he were training, they would live there for a while. They would right. stay there. Okay, and it's like th- a camp. Yeah, and Brockus though, really like. How did he make not make Death Valley, by the way? I don't know. <laughs> Allison Hart weighs in for no reason. She's like, they used to call us Hart Fart. <laughs> I actually like, yeah, like funny. As, as they say on the internet, I LOL yeah. like on the couch. Well, because the way she says it, she doesn't you, care. You know, they used to call us Hart Fart. She doesn't care anymore. I, I really didn't like <laughs> yeah. that. Like, like Hart Fart is yeah, amazing. It is. They like to call us Hart Fart, which was, oh, I, I hate that. So then Ellie, that's Natty's mom, tells a story about Brett beating up a kid that was bullying Georgia and her accent. Ellie's accent is like the most intense accent. She's like, you know, there was a fairly salty little bully there. (laughs) What are you saying? Who? Okay, so Ellie, whose mom is she? Like, is there Natty's? That's Natty's mom. Yeah, that was Nightheart's wife. God, she looks so different than when you see her on the. Whatever Divas Total or whatever. Yeah, Total. Yeah. Divas yeah. Total. Divas well, Total. This is 20 years ago. Yeah, she she's kind of cute, actually, here in the 90s. <laughs> Ellie? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, George is in, but Ellie... No, I think you're flipping them in your mind. No, what's... Ellie's a handsome woman. No, she's got the short brown hair, right? You think that's cute? I don't know. There's something cute about her. Whew. Brett chimes in on this bully story himself. 
in a room. This is the most Bret Hart thing ever. In a room, <laughs> plastered with magazine covers <laughs> that have himself on them. And a slammy in a corner. And a slammy. He <laughs> kept the slammy, which is amazing. It's so Bret. It's so like... <laughs> you know, so I won like, this for best finisher yeah, or whatever he, it was, probably. It, it's just this <laughs> over... This need to like yes. to, to show how good he is. I bet you because his dad never told him when he was growing up. You know, it's starting to add up to that. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why. It, it, some of this is sad, like not even from a wrestling standpoint. You but, just it's it's weird because all of it's unintentional, right? And it's like you're noticing it. It's like yeah. the pieces come into play as it's right. like moving along, and I they're like all fucking genuine, like everyone. Yeah, like, they mean every word they like, say. The Ellie, Diana, Georgia, Georgia, Brett, Keith, like, yeah. even Stu and Helen. Like, they mean it. Everyone means it. Like, they think in their brains, all of them, not anybody, right. they think this is a 100% genuine, very good, like, normal family. <laughs> like, it's really fucked up. They're a mess, man. Yeah. So, uh, Brett tells the story of how he won that bully fight, and when right. when they when he won, his classmates hoisted him. The hoist. And then he talks about how at WrestleMania 10, and I always love this moment, Vince sent everyone out to congratulate Brett, and they hoisted him at WrestleMania you know, 10. it was like when I was a kid. That's why I liked it so much. It was so weird. I thought it was cool, yeah. though. We get a, a still photo of Stu wrestling some kids, and then, like, <laughs> an odd photo with him with a belt tied around his head. Yeah, this is where we go into the, like, Stu is a weird <laughs> Uh, yeah. torture man yeah and- torture man <laughs> yeah then keith hart no mustache he has shaved his mustache by <laughs> now he does a tremendous Stu hart impression yeah. that sounds great tiger uh, maybe you could uh, come up to the gym and uh, i'll give you a few pointers and maybe you could even show me a thing or two and keith is good i, yeah. I have no problem with keith now okay so before we get into this we've been hinting like the whole time and you know the hints have been there that Stu is kind of fucked up now's where we get into like the legitimate descriptions yeah like of like how weird and screwy this is right so we get some audio playing yeah of Stu you know stretching someone in the dungeon right of, of course who recorded it Owen yeah <laughs> little Owen wandered in with a tape recorder well, they, they sent they, him Bruce sent him yeah. in yeah <laughs> Bruce of yeah. course you know Owen why don't you go in there and record that okay okay like he's like four or I know. something you know, Owens probably was the most normal one. He's not interviewed at all on this either. Right. That That is true. He he was probably because he was the youngest and like Stu and Helen were older by then. Yeah. Him and Diana are the youngest. They're the most normal. Well, because I think like probably Stu and Helen were less intense yeah. by that point. They were like 89 when they had them anyway. Yeah. Right. So it, it was like an immaculate conception or something. <laughs> that explains why as you get like younger, it gets less fucked up because you start with like Smith and Bruce. They're, they're the they're oldest. They're like really <laughs> fucking weird. And then Brett's kind of in the mid, like up there. Yeah. And like uh, Keith is, Keith's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Ross and Wayne, no one cares about. They're fine. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? They're the no-one-cares generation <laughs> yeah. of heart kids. Uh, so anyway, we hear Stu, like, slapping the guy and saying, Have some discipline. It's so sadistic. It's, sadistic, it's like, right? it's creepy and, like, weird. And the music playing is, yeah. like, very ominous. It's very strange. And then we get clips of, like, 119-year-old Stu leading some young guys down <laughs> to the dungeon. And even this is, like, kind of creepy. Look, it's veins and blood. And, like, and there's this other guy. He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, agreeing, and, yeah like, like, you know, like, in the back of his head, it's like, oh, man, please. Don't like, touch don't, me, don't, please. Yeah, please don't <laughs> touch me. It's like, it's like they realized oh shit like we should never have left the YMCA to come here (laughs) now I forget who those guys are I didn't look them up one of them I think was some wrestler at some point yeah the guy that got stretched yeah but what's funny is Dallas is with them for some reason 
You yeah, notice that like weird. Dallas wandered down. It's, it's I don't Skyler know why. Seven or whatever. Skyler two. Yeah. Uh, Keith assures us. That Stu is not a sadist, but he's a gentle, loving guy. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, you cannot, like, defend this. It's so obvious. Like, the, the guy's like, I can't feel my arms, yeah, sir. Yeah, like, it's like... <laughs> I don't want to hold this uh, in this position uh, forever because it's pretty... I can I don't feel my arms, sir. Ah! <laughs> and he's calling him sir. Yeah, and he's like, like, what the fuck? And then Stu's like, uh, I want to see someone get their eyes bloodshot in five <laughs> or six weeks. I've never seen it, but I want to. Yeah. Your lips are getting blue. Like, what the fuck is going on here? And he, you had a great line, Quinn. You were saying the way Stu is describing this, yes. it's like an old man telling you how to fix a car. Yes, it's like, there's the carburetor there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, honestly, Need that's. crankshaft. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, instead of your replacing with. This is your arm and vein nerves. Like, yeah. you, you put the pressure on the solenoid there. You start that engine right up. <laughs> I mean, it's really weird. I, I really don't understand. And I think I get it more as an adult how this could be in any way like like not shown as fucked right. up. Like, no, I know, Quinn. I agree with you. In a completely normal sequence, Brett talks about how his dad used to give him bloodshot red eyes and make him beg and scream and plead for his life. And how his dad would say, you've breathed your last breath. He said this happened multiple times. Yeah, like all the time. This happened. How is this okay? <laughs> where, where was Dyfus or Canadian Dyfus? Where are they? Like Canadian Dyfus. That'd like, be a great stable in the Indies, that'd be a actually. Good band, Canadian Dyfus. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But like really, this happened to all the, the male kids. The student touched the females. No, no. They, He's that not is, they're that very they're very up. like they're they know like yeah. Helen would not allow that. He's at like, least not that fucked up, but yeah. apparently like a normal day at Hart House growing up was getting stretched right by your dad right until your eyes were bloodshot and then you'd have to go to school like that yes and then he doesn't he also say something about how like you know as an adult I, I understand now I kind of understand where my dad's coming from you know it was different how they raised kids back what the fuck like, I mean okay I've like heard my, of stricter discipline I think but me our parents right are like Brett's age right yeah give or take yes I'm pretty sure my dad never described to me like being brought in the basement to have like wrestling moves applied to him and like tortured, like you know, and, and asking for his last breath and shit. Yeah, I don't think my grandparents did that to to my parents either. Right, I understand harsher that, discipline. Sure, I probably. understand harsher discipline. I understand that there are some fucked up like childhoods. And of parents, course, but like. This wasn't this, normal. This this falls into the some fucked up childhood <laughs> yeah, right, right. Ca- category. Not that's how they raised kids back then. Right, category. exactly. Like, this is nowhere near that. <laughs> Don't act like it's normal. And we get to see the proof as to why this is the result of this. Right. As we see an electric chair dummy. <sighs> yeah, what is that shot of this electric chair dummy that Brett is like proudly standing so next he's to? he's proudly standing next to it, but his point is, is like, I like it because it's not like my childhood and it's pretend. And that's where I'm like, okay. this guy's fucked up. Like his, yeah. his parents like did a number on him. It's not even his fault. Yeah. You know, like Bro- that, that is an unintentional scene, but yeah. it says all you need to say is his, his like last sad sentence at the end of that is like, I like it because it's pretend. This just took a serious turn. Like, Quinn, but you're like, right. You're like, it's, 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 sad. it's really horrible. Yeah. So Brett talks about how he never actually wanted to be a wrestler. Stu wanted them to be an Olympic wrestler, which is fine. Yeah. You know, aspiration. I have no problem with that. But then we get clips of like shitty stampede with Stu at like a very spry 70. <laughs> just <laughs> fat like and fat shirtless. And shit. 
they're teaming. He's teaming up with Brett against like the Stomper and whoever. And yeah. Stu looks like Morty Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, he really does. All fat and they like look hot. Like tubby. They're at Del Boca Rista. <laughs> Del Boca Vista in the like yeah Rista. Are you telling me there's not one condo available in all of Del, Bo- Del, Bo- Del Boca Vista? That's right. In all of Del Bo- Del, Bo- Del, Bo- Del Boca Vista. In all of Del Vista Bico. That's right. In all of Del Vista Bico. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett talks about how Stu sold Stampede to, Vin- Stampede to Vince. Yeah. And then we get clips of Stu telling Brett that uh <laughs> he was once the most famous Albert in the world. <laughs> yeah, Remember that? That, that, that? It's funny that they mixed that line into the basic like introduction to how Stu fucked up his business and went out of business <laughs> and now Vince owns it. Man, like, he owns it. So Brett talks about how he's been working for Vince for 14 years, but the WCW made him an incredible offer. Always the WCW. Always. Shirtless Brett wanders downstairs in his house. Then he swims in some pool somewhere. He says the WCW offered him $9 million over three years, which That's is pretty good. Yeah, he said it's beyond anything he ever imagined, but Vince offered him a 20-year deal. Yeah, but for like $1 million, right? Yeah, they he, didn't say that in this documentary, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I think it was like over the course of 20 years, he would make, I think, like $4 million. Oh, okay. So more money, but... 17 more years yeah you know <laughs> you said it was a pretty stupid deal that was offer. really stupid it was a bad I mean, deal. that's like a mark henry kind of deal and yeah. I, not that i don't like mark henry it's no just of course like, not you just why would you sign anyone to 20 years like Insane, he was right? like 40 what was he gonna expected to do for those 20 years i think it was like forget how it was was it four years as a wrestler and then he would do backstage stuff i think is what it was he was gonna work that long backstage yeah i don't know i just cannot see him there for 20 years it's no. not happening Brett doesn't know what to do, but he's grateful to Vince for making him, for giving him a chance. But nine million's a lot of money. A lot yeah. of money. We get spent a lot of money, really. <laughs> we get clips of that raw from October of '96, where Brett finally returns. You know, after being gone since WrestleMania, Vince acts like he doesn't know Brett's decision. And Brett's decision: I'll be in the WWF forever. I'll be with the WWF forever. I, I mean, hate how Vince acts here. Yeah, I know. He's like, you know all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he's like, like yeah, like gritting his teeth, like like Sid with yeah. the paper. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's so fake and horrible. It is. Yeah. But Brett will be in WWE forever, Quinn. I mean, what'll go wrong? Right, yeah, twenty years. Nothing right? can go wrong. No, he'll um, be fine. He's gonna be here for twenty years, and yeah. that's gonna be the end of it. It'll really. Okay. So we uh, get clips of Brett Simpson appearance, which is funny. Yeah, you know, like hey, hey, I'll take it. Random <laughs> as hell. Yeah. Uh, why was he on the Simpsons? Why was he on anything? He was a name in wrestling. Yes, I mean, but he was a very poor actor. Yes. So I just always thought it was weird seeing him on any media outside of wrestling. Hulk Hogan was also a very poor actor too. Right, Quinn. but so was could, Roddy Piper. In a weird way, I feel like you could adapt Hulk Hogan into like something. Like, Brett's, Brett's voice acting wasn't bad though on The Simpsons. It was, the it's voice not, acting wasn't bad, but he, again, he, he's him. <laughs> but the the lonesome tub. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the yeah, Aladdin Brett, or whatever he is. Brett, by the way, is watching uh, The Simpsons shirtless with his daughter Beans. Yes, that's Beans, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, Beans. He also helps Julie make dinner. Maybe they're having Beans. He's right. shirtless while making dinner. Yep. And then uh, as they have the Brady Bunch dinner, uh, Jeopardy is on in the background. Yes, this <laughs> kitchen where they're eating is very Brady. It's like, very it, Brady. It, it even has that like in the wall like the the oven is like yeah the, the wall. wall oven right yeah. <laughs> so uh brett kind of talks about how vince was also like his dad or something like he looked at vince like a dad yeah, this guy's got issues man you know that whole vince is his dad thing sounds like a cry for help like uh like my dad was so 
bad. I know, like, right? that Vin- and Vince treated me like a normal, decent human being. So <sighs> I think of him as my dad. Like bad. basically, I feel bad for Brett. Yeah. We fast forward now to Calgary Stampede again, Canadian Stampede, July 97. Brett yep. is shown meeting up with Vince. Brett, Brett tells his kids to go mess around and bother the headbangers or something. That actually sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't mind hanging around with the headbangers as a kid. One day you're going to be looking down on your, your, your dad. You're going to be walking up like this. You say, Dad, I don't want to do that. All right, go mess around. Go bother uh, the headbangers or something. This was actually a nice exchange. Like Vince is dicking around with Brett's kids for yeah. a little bit. It was right. nice. Then we get clips of Brett bulldog wayne Weird. bruce of course yeah and pat patterson working out the finish of this big 10 man tag yeah. bruce as expected is wearing his leather jacket and his sunglasses inside he's so shitty and then that's <laughs> followed by this shitty is well hello calgary god mr chin yeah <laughs> And then we get clips of all the announcers in cowboy hats, although JR looks normal because he always wore the hat by then. (laughs) Skew. Backstage, Backstage, Pat is giving out the finish uh, while Al Pacino, Vince Russo, (laughs) he's very much dressed like Al Pacino. He's standing by with, you know, as they're giving out the finish, even though Vince Russo never did anything. Nothing, never. Never involved. He had no, nothing. (laughs) He did shit. He's just a goober behind the scenes. No good ideas. Did nothing. So uh, that same clip of Brett walking through that gorilla position from the intro is shown. Mm-hmm. We get a huge reaction for the hometown hero, Brett right? Hart, here yep. in Calgary. I love this pay-per-view, by the way. Yeah, it is a good pay-per-view. It really is. Brett gives his glasses to Helen. She don't, hates wrestling, Brett. I don't Brett. want this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want save this crap me. there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you can see, like, knitted on her purse, <laughs> <Yeah>. save me. <laughs> and then we get the iconic Patterson giving out the finish where he's like, and then you drop in the fucking ring. You nailed that motherfucking fucking leg. Bang, pow. The older brother, fuck you. You get his ass and throw him in the fucking ring. Then, when everybody else is in the ring, motherfucker, no good bastard. That's the story. <laughs> so, I love these clips, though, because as Pat's talking, we're getting to see the match going yeah. on. We're getting up, throw his ass in the fucking ring, and either your brother fucking help you when everybody else is fighting in the ring, motherfucking no good bastard. One, two, one. That's the story. All of this Calgary Stampede, like, go back and watch it. It's, it's like, so one of the good. best pay-per-views. It's short. It's sweet. It's The hearts it, are, like, in their final glorious faces anywhere, you know? Right. It, it is the last time. Really. It really is. And Brett's always spoken fondly of this pay-per-view. Um, and then we get clips of Austin beating up Bruce, which is fine with me. Yeah, right. And then when they get back in the ring, motherfucker, Owen yeah. gets the pin <laughs> on Austin, which kicks off their feud. That's right. how we get to the Owen feud. Then, for no reason backstage, we see clips of Austin after SummerSlam 97 when he had the neck injury. Oh, I didn't realize they maybe I was taking notes and stuff. I yeah. didn't even notice that. Like, they don't say that or right. anything but we know that's what it is because right. you see Austin walking with the refs but you see Brett like walk by him. Brett huh. saw that firsthand. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And now uh, in the car, Brett and Blade are hanging out and Brett t- tries to um, find Blade's sternum. Yeah. I noticed though Bret Hart in 1997 here drinking Starbucks. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, way ahead of the curve there, Brett. To be honest, Starbucks had existed since like, what, 91 or oh, something? Oh, it's been around, but, but it, wasn't, it was like, it wasn't widespread. It wasn't ubiquitous. But if you know, you will. these guys travel all over the country and Canada. You would. 
you would think they've run into a Starbucks yeah. before and like realize the secret that it's good coffee. Right, right. Like, <laughs> and so when they find one, they go to it. Good point. Yeah. We see clips of uh, Dino Bravo versus Bret Hart from Toronto in right. 1989. You got to warn the kids like of <laughs> Dino Bravo's shittiness at, at a young age. And by the way, just since our fans might make a big deal, and this, I think this is the best time to bring it up. Yes. We didn't bring Dino Bravo up no. in the Death Valley, but he is shitty. Yes. But I just don't think he would qualify he's not worse than like giant silva and all dave sullivan yeah like Like, honestly yeah so he just didn't get brought up so let's just address that now dino bravo is a better wrestler than giant gonzalez dave sullivan yeah nails yeah he's better than ludwig borga even like yeah he's shitty but he's mainstream shitty right like he's shitty compared to what was around him i would never say he's a good wrestler however he's he is what he is yeah that that's dino bravo and here we'll see an example (laughs) of why dino bravo is shitty so brett takes a chest first bump into the barricade outside which breaks his sternum and his ribs brett was upset that the people in the front row were yelling get up you phony but i don't think they would be why would like first of all when (laughs) do fans say yeah phony (laughs) right like that's a bret hart ism that's not (laughs) they're there because they like wrestling they wouldn't be like get up you phony i think it's bret in his brain because you phony yeah sounds like something bret hart would say in his head so dino throws him back in and brett has a great line he's like he was a wrestler i didn't particularly want to lose to so this is okay (laughs) i don't blame him this was weird to me because the way he's describing if he wants to lose to Dino Bravo is like he has a choice and like he's not going to lose a fight because well, Dino Bravo sucks and he doesn't like him. Brett was supposed to win. What is that true or not? Because yeah. it's just some house show match in like 91. I would think Dino Bravo would actually have a better chance of winning. No, but I think Brett was supposed to win. Okay. But he had to take a count out loss. That's what happens here. Because he Sorry. legit got injured. Yeah. I know. But what's worse is like he was out for seven weeks. He came back soon, too soon before he was healed. Yes. And this is sad because what he says is that yeah. like Vince would throw him like a hundred bucks or something. Vince like, basically promised him that yeah. he would take care of him yeah. and then didn't. What the fuck is that? It's and he's one, like, I feel so loyal to Vince. Like, I know. What, what is he talking about? Like, it's one thing if Vince didn't promise him that. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, so sorry. Yeah. But Vince said he would take care of him, but he didn't. That's the problem. It just makes me think about how, you know, a lot of these guys, these wrestlers, especially in this documentary, it, it appears like they have a weird loyalty, daddy issues, emotional issues. Some of them, yeah. Like, and about, like, just, like, they'll be loyal to a guy for certain things, but be mad at him for other right, things. Right. And, like, it's just such a weird... It really doesn't make the wrestling industry as a whole look like a healthy place well, it wasn't to uh, at least back then. <laughs> it's I, much I, better. I, now, I know I nowadays it's more. I would think even Vince is probably more down to earth with his workers and like understands is. their money needs and things like that. Like who knows for yeah. real? But yeah, it's probably a lot better than it ever was. Right. You know. So back in the car here, Brett tells Blade that he's gonna have to walk on his neck, and Brett's like, "How was the little massage I gave you yesterday?" <laughs> weird question. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's kind of the, the whole scene is kind of cute though because cute. to me, it's like it's really like. His son is at that age where it's just like mom and dad are kind of the same thing. Yeah. And like they're just kind of like interacting in the car. Yeah, they're just hanging out. Like it's really nice. Blade's the youngest, you know. So Brett talks about Mankind, how he's one of his favorites, and uh, he calls him the Hannibal Lecter of wrestling. And we see Brett and Mick talking backstage. And then we get a solo interview with Mick. He's talking about how people are starting to like him. This is around the face turn. Right, it's good. 
It is. Yeah. Clips of a pre-DX Triple H and don't you said don't they just call him like Hunter Helmsley or something yeah, on the graphic? So, no, no, no. So <laughs> who says that? Brett calls him. Is that what it is? Like, you know, Hunter Helmsley, nobody's ever gonna like him ever. Yeah. <laughs> They're always gonna boo him, and I'm like, that's the truth. Yeah, like, I know. He says that uh, he's supposed to hit a raw nerve, you know? Yeah. And uh, Triple H talks about Triple H comes across great in this interview, by yeah. the way. He does. Yeah. Clear understanding of what he's doing. He talks about how he likes getting booed. Because that's what he's trying to do. He's a character that fans will never love. They're always going to hate him. When I've got my guy down that they want to see beat my ass, and I've got him beat up, and I stand over him and look out at the people and do that little bow, and they just boo me out of the building, that's the reaction I want. We get clips of Austin as Brett talks about, you know, something strange is happening. The guys you're supposed to hate are becoming the hero. Which he, he's right. He, sounds, he is right, though. He's right, but he sounds way too bitter about it. The, the, his tone, I mean. He like, is it, right, though. Yes. It's just he... In context. It, it, it's sort of like, I'm like, you know, it's like a fake show, right? Like He says the fans really started the turn against him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people seem to be sick of good guys. Now, Vince wants Brett to turn heel, so now we're rolling back to, like, I guess, early 97. So this is yeah, all out of sequence. Time is moving all like, we're back and See, forth, and I don't know where we're, we are. They portrayed, like, the Canadian Stampede thing because their face is there. It's right. as if Brett was still always a face. Right. But, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, which most people that watch this he were, obviously. He was a heel by that He was already a heel, so they're, they're really messing with the timeline, but it still contextually makes sense. Only so, if you watch this. Yeah. So uh, Vince wants Brett to turn heel. Brett wasn't happy about it. Eventually, he understood. And Brett walks downstairs in like a weird curly shirt that he's bitching about. Now, I don't get what... Okay, so first of all, this shirt, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like a normal like beach shirt. But yeah, it's like a beach shirt. It, it's not even like a girl... It's not like pink or something. It's it's just a... I don't know what his problem with it is, but <laughs> like it, he's just bitching about it to Julie for no reason. Why did you give me this like, sissy shirt? Hey, what do you mean? Give me one of my shirts. This is one of Julie's shirts. It's it's so effeminate. Uh, We get clips of the iconic WrestleMania 13 match between Brett and Steve Austin. Brett talks about how Steve, like a classic face, classic good guy, would never give up. And Brett, like a real villain, kicked him when he was down. And that is, in my opinion anyway, one of the best angles ever. Yeah. I love that angle. I mean... Some good work. This documentary is not really about the angles. No, or anything, no, no, no. But it it does skim over just because they happen, and you know it's not really about that. But no. they, it skims over like the wonderful like Brett Austin oh, double turn. And, so good. And, yeah, it's one of the best of all time. I yeah, mean, we know that it really is. In reality, Brett says he doesn't really see the fan side of it. He doesn't know why they're supporting an antihero. Um, so it's the 90s, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Welcome to the 90s. Welcome to the 90s. So he really, now he doesn't have an issue making it part of his storyline. And we get clips of Austin beating the shit out of Brett with a chair from Raw. Sign in the crowd says, the Fart Foundation stinks. This is my favorite sign ever. Yeah, like, I actually, like, laughed when I saw it. <laughs> It's just, it must have been that same bully from Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> the it was the heart. one Ellie didn't like. Yeah. That said, you know, heart fart. I didn't. It made me upset. And then we get clips of the ambulance scene. Remember that where Owen's like, "Watch his knee." Yeah, watch his knee. Oh. I told you we're going straight to We get clips of Brett's heel turn promo after WrestleMania 13. You know, close to close, kiss my ass, that whole thing. He explains how unique it is, which it really was to be a heel in the U.S., a face everywhere else. No one else was doing that during that period of time. I completely agree with him. This was a new concept and just good. We get clips of a can of the raw where Brett's a face. And he says, of course, (laughs) thank you for still letting me. 
be your hero. Yep. Always. Brett talks about how Canada is where you still have health care, gun control, and it's not riddled with racial, racial prejudice and hatred, which I think that promo would make him a face anywhere today. Yeah, it's, it's very, <laughs> that was very, or it could make him a heel because yeah. people are like, well, I wish my life was like that. Like, it, like it's really uh, interesting yeah. how uh, relevant the that stuff was, he yeah. was talking about t- still today, like twenty years and, ago, and I mean, I've never really been to Canada. I don't know if he's kind of you know masking any problems that might be there. I'm but, sure it's not all wine and roses. Yeah, wine and poutine. Yeah, <laughs> we cut the clips of the shitty patriot waving <laughs> waving the American flag. No, excuse me, watching the American flag on the Titantron while holding the American flag. As the national anthem plays, but Brett attacks him because why not? Fuck the Patriot. Yeah, I know. He, he sucks. <laughs> he does suck. Who is he anyway? <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> Nobody knew who the fuck he was. And I understand he was with the, the Firebreaker chip and no, all that shit or whatever no, no. he was. He was with Marcus Bagwell. What, whatever. It's the same shit. The point is, is that no one gave a fuck about him. You're right. Like, when, why was he there? Him coming in, like, killed the heat on this angle. Hard, yes, it hard. Was, Brett was uh, the Heart Foundation was cool as shit, <laughs> yeah. and everyone loved it. And then, like, Patriot comes and like we who? set it back to 1985. You but know, seriously, people were legitimately like who? Yeah, no, like, I know they were. They should have brought in Corporal Kirshner. It would have done the same thing. I know they, they should have brought in Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> who the fuck cares? Like, they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Remember? but I need to actually fight them. Please no. Yeah. <laughs> now, my own personal note here, Quinn. This is actually the second time that I know of that Brett attacks someone during the national anthem because if you remember WrestleMania six, oh, of course, yeah. Bolsheviks. Yeah, just Brett that, doesn't like other countries' national anthems. Is what I'm trying Canada's. to say. That's it. Only yeah. in Canada. Uh, clips of Brett talking about how the USA is a big giant toilet bowl, and if you wanted <laughs> to give the US an enema, you'd stick the hose in Pittsburgh. Well, I like I like this because the guy yeah. says it's like, well, wouldn't where where would you rather? Yeah. And like he says, Washington D.C. Yeah. or something. Yeah, Brett's like, uh, I kind of regret saying that. Maybe maybe Washington would have <laughs> <Yeah>. been better. <laughs> It's not, he's not regretting saying it. He's regretting, like, Pittsburgh. saying it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We cut to the Meadowlands parking lot, Quinn, before SummerSlam 97. The SummerSlam. The SummerSlam. Yeah. Lots of USA chants, but some American guy here is wearing the Maple Leaf, and he says the American fans are too patriotic. Okay, this, this whole segment is oh one of God, the most, like, embarrassing yeah. things I've ever seen. First of all, that Patriot guy, that Canada Patriot guy, but he's not yeah. he's not American. <laughs> yeah. or he's, he's American, but he's not Canadian. He is like the guy in the basement uh, that he like analyze. He's probably on like the wrestling message boards in '97. <laughs> probably, yeah. Like he's just a smark. He That's is all he is. And then you were, we were talking about Bret Hart's uh, opponent here. You yeah, know, Mister USA, the most, the most patriotic wrestler of all time, the Undertaker. <laughs> What the fuck? Like, why are people describing him that way? Well, to be fair, at Survivor Series no, 93... don't bring that up with the American coat thing. I know. Sorry. So next to uh, next to the Patriot guy was some guy with a Bud Wise or Frog shirt. Man, remember that? Remember the 90s? Yeah. <laughs> you said the fans are horrible. Yeah. Oh, wait. This is New Jersey. <laughs> it really is. Well, we're just making fun of ourselves. Yeah, that's then. fine. Panic is a bunch of crybabies that can't stand on two feet. United States... They fought, they got all the rights to do what they want, they're the best people in the world. There's also a giant inflatable Undertaker <laughs> in the parking lot. I remember this because I think me and my mom even drove by. Just Did you to, really? Yeah, like to see it. It was like, 
the WWF hadn't been in New Jersey for quite some time at because this point. of the taxes. Yeah, so it <laughs> was like Todd actually like killed. it was in the news. And yeah. people were like curious. They're like, oh, the, they're back. They're Whoa. back, and Whoa. they're really popular again. Yep. And like, this is interesting. You know, what my problem was with the giant inflatable Undertaker though, purple gear. He wasn't wearing right. that. So interestingly enough. I believe that Inflatable Undertaker was used for some other event. Must have been, right? No, I re- almost remember the event. I just can't put my finger on it as of this recording. But I remember that Inflatable Undertaker being used at some other thing. I believe it because it's definitely old. Yeah, so they just they just reused it, which I don't blame them. I'm yeah. like, why would you buy another Inflatable Undertaker? <laughs> some Caribbean band is playing. What is this? The stuff, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was literally like, what does this have what? to do with wrestling? What are they, in Bermuda? Yeah. Like, what is going on here? They're like... I think I saw John Stamos in a pink tank top playing the bongos back there. barbecuing. Like, what is going on here? And some Guido is bitching about how Canada sucks. Yeah, really making the U.S. look good, pal. Yeah. Then some Bariqua here is making... Making fun of Shawn Michaels for being amazing. a playgirl. He's, he's like, like, you know, you know more men read that than women. <laughs> it's like, funny. He's right. <laughs> Senor Turan is correcto. One running around in playgirl oh. with a belly with a belly button off, uh, ringing it, and don't hard. even realize one thing: more men look at that magazine than women. Some lady really likes Brett, some handsome woman. Apparently, she was inspired. This is my. <laughs> I'm, this is the most amazing fucking like, stupidest thing. And it, it's really hard not to laugh at it because she's like, first of all, she's yelling. Let's just say that. Yep. She's very upset about how everyone turned against Brett. Brett inspired her to go to school for computer graphics. I, I say computer graphics in quotes when I wrote it because what? And, and, and she's just very stern and serious about it. Now, Brett is a pretty good cartoonist, so maybe that's where the inspiration was, or the time he had like an AOL disc on the cover of WWF magazine. I'm not really sure. He made me think about my future, and I really, I really uh, handed it, I gotta hand it to Brett. Why are they so mean to him? Everyone is wrong. She's very pissed. About nine months ago, all these people would have been cheering him. I don't think they would have um, been saying stuff like this. This is really disgusting. So we cut to Brett driving a minivan, talking about how he wants to turn face again eventually. He hopes this heel turn wouldn't damage that, which personally, I think if he had stuck around, like hypothetically, he could have turned face well, again. let's not skip the best part here. Is he, yeah. he says, it's like, you know, some kid came up to me and he's like, why did you turn bad? And, and I just, I'm like, I'm like, want to whisper to him like, it's it's fake. It's not real. Brett. It's not. This isn't real. This is actually a real. But he's telling this like he's yeah. like I'm disappointing children and stuff. <laughs> we go back to the Meadowlands at SummerSlam. Brett and Pat are talking in the ring. I love this exchange. It's really cool. It's a candid exchange between yeah. Brett and Pat. It's very like brief. It's too. brief. Like, yeah. Brett's basically like asking like Am I gonna? Is Sean gonna be a heel now? Am I? Is he gonna be the number one heel? Which I get Brett's point of view. If he hadn't known that ahead of time, and all of a sudden it's like, well, shit. I'm a heel, Sean's a heel, so we can't fight anymore. Right. But they did. They they did still feud, as we know. Yeah, but Brett was a heel and a face, sort of. So. That's true. And what's also sucky for Brett is Sean becomes the number one heel, which I'm not arguing that he shouldn't have been. Well, Sean the, was much better as a heel. The other thing is Brett had been the number one heel for quite a long time. He had a good run this, now. Right. So it was like, okay, so we can't have like the same heel endlessly. Right. Like, the problem is that they shunted the Patriot into Bret Hart's life, and that's really what dragged him down. Right. I think the Patriot's like right. insertion into all this yeah. is really the issue. It wasn't Sean turning heel. They coexisted as heels fine. Right. Because they still feuded. Right. I liked it. It was the Patriot 
That is what turned the Hart Foundation angle into like a big sloppy joke. We get shots backstage of Brett and Sean talking rather civilly. Yeah, they're they're just fine. Like, I think that I don't know why. Like, I know maybe it was afterwards. Sean hated or Brett hated Sean. It was earlier too. Yeah, it was earlier, but it doesn't seem like they were really like at odds. They were on terms by now. Yeah. it was like, you know, like he annoys me, but you know what? He's a good worker and yeah. he's good to do business with kind of thing. It's like a coworker that you don't like that much, but they're good at their job. Yeah. So they Everyone help the company. Yeah. yeah. It's like you work with, you like respect them for their abilities. Right. But it's like, you know, I'm not going to like go get a beer with them right. after work. Exactly. Like that kind of thing. Our personalities might not mesh, but they're good at what they do. Right. And that, they can work together well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what I think Brett and Sean really had going on. You were also commenting, uh, Quinn, on Sean's um, attire as a... So- surprisingly acceptable yeah i don't know why i remember this wrong like i thought he had the stupid biker shorts at this just swishy pants right yeah which is like this is probably the most acceptable Shawn michaels ref attire i've ever seen i agree with you yeah he doesn't look like skinner or a cowboy he doesn't look like a weird playgirl model right like he just looks like a guy with a ref shirt on and pants yeah he's cut off his arms but you know every wrestler does that yeah Yeah. now Shawn does the crotch chop in his entrance here at SummerSlam, which is this is still before DX. Now, yeah. if you remember Quinn, Scott Hall did that on a Nitro in early '97. It's so clearly a thing. It's that a they, click thing, right? It's a click thing that they were motioning to each other through the yes. TV sets, like, "Hey, this is for Scott," or yep. "This is for Sean." Like, the same way the Wolfpack sign yeah. was actually the click sign, right? I think the crotch chop was too. That must have just been a thing they did backstage it when they worked like together. A, it was brief before they developed the Wolfpack sign. Yes, like it was like that was their that was their little maybe that's what it was. Yeah, to each other, right. to, from show to show. Yep. Yeah, I, I like nice. that. Yeah. So that tribal music starts up again. Hey, uh, why do we need that again? I hate it so much. Then we see big fat Bruce Pritchard like all bored backstage as Sean accidentally nails Taker with a chair and yeah, counts he, the pin. He's all bored and then when yeah. he sees the he's like, oh shit! Yeah, I know. Oh, Brett does his five, yeah, you know, five <laughs> when he won the title. Yeah. I love that. And then backstage, Brett unwinds with Blade, who's holding the belt. Owen and his two slammies are nearby, which I love. Now, Owen with the slammies. And, I must say, be- yeah. be- before we go into this segment here, yeah. it's odd because Brett has just won the world title again, right? Which yes. he always wants to be the world champion. We know that, right? Like, yeah. that even in real life, he always wants to be the world champion. <laughs> he's but like they, Hulk Hogan. Right. But they play, like, the saddest music ever. Yeah. As he's like, and he, he looks like shit afterwards. Well, like, he looks like it's this. A long I match. Yeah, but he also looks like he's like, man, I didn't want to do this or something. I doubt like, it, like, Quinn. Yeah. Brett not wanting I to win a title. I get that, but I think it's just the way they're, like, filming him. Yeah, maybe. Like, and it's just weird. It is weird. Yeah. Now, we get clips of him with no pants taking pictures what for. This? Like, why? Bill Apter? That was Bill Apter why photographing no him. No pants, though? For the Apter mags, I guess. Oh, shit. Don't call them the Apter mags. So then we get clips of Brett working out at what looks to be his home gym, and I say yeah. that because there's a giant picture of 1994 Bret Hart in the gym. Yeah, and then there's also a guy in there, like Brockus, <laughs> yeah. or I don't know who Imitation that Brockus, Imitation, Tank Abbott version. <laughs> Imitation Canadian Brockus or and something. <laughs> you said at least he looks better than when he almost slipped on the ice. Yeah, he does, actually. They, they make him look okay working out here, which every time I've ever seen Brett work out, he looks like a dingus. He does. Yeah. So Brett says he's a lifer here. You know, he's been here forever. He's got the nicest cell in the whole prison. He's got the warden in his back co- back pocket but he can't wait to get out yeah really inspiring like interpretation of the wrestling business it's like it's prison he's and calling it's it shawshank yeah. basically yeah like okay. literally <laughs> go to the wcw <laughs> yeah it'll be much better yeah. there we get clips of brett at his house where 
he has a fish tank. Yes, I saw this. I didn't note it, but I saw it. That, of course, has a Bret Hart action figure, Hasbro, in it. For ring skirts, obviously. Yeah. Does this guy, Quinn, just have his merch scattered throughout his house? Like, does he shit on a Bret Hart toilet seat? Maybe. The fuck well, is this? I guess what's even more weird about it is is him being in the fish tank is sort of like <laughs> depressing and, and is harkens back to the his childhood is fucked up thing because he's like You think Stu used to drown him in a fish tank? No, but it, it, it the connotation yeah, with the, fishes, the connotation yeah, is, is that he's drowned, right? You drowned. Yeah. I'm gonna make your face turn red and yeah. blue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it I all of it seems wrong that's a little wrong yeah. brett uh brett's up front here he says you know i can't say i've been the greatest husband over the last 14 years uh for well, more on that read his book yikes yeah, but yeah. at least he's kind of up front here and who knows what they cut yeah he could have said a lot more that paul J was like no i'm not using this paul J. <laughs> you're caught up on that name <laughs> huh? it sounds too, fake it's weird <laughs> it sounds yeah. like an alias yeah <laughs> so we get clips of brett and blade p- playing a wrestling the arcade game on playstation while beans helps yes she's like, like giving him pointers my favorite Part is beans goes. That's the move button. What? <laughs> yeah. Push those buttons. Dad. I asked you. You told me not to push those ones. I said push those buttons. Those are move buttons. No, I don't want to use that. Yeah. <laughs> so we get <laughs> we get Brett in uh, the sauna now. I'm surprised there's not pink and black steam now, in the sauna. Is this his like private? Probably. Sauna? Like it looked like it was in his house. He has a nice house. Yeah. Uh, we get a short Julie interview. She seems like tired as fuck. She's like the Helen. Okay, there's a really sad part that kind of really hits it home. How you can tell how like tired and like she is really like beat down by all this is they show a picture of her beautiful, she, like she's beautiful, right? And then they clip right to her now, and she's all broken down and like just looks miserable. Just looks miserable and tired and just terrible, and, and it, it's like sad. And the thing is, is that. I don't think Julie Hart was that old either. Like she's right. definitely she younger than Brett. She doesn't look old. She looks like she's in her mid thirties. I think she, but she is. She just yeah. looks beat down. She looks like yeah, like it's it's awful. No life left in yeah. her. Yeah. Now Brett, for the record, Brett and Julie were kind of on the rocks by ninety seven. Anyway, when did they like split up? I think oh two. Okay. Shortly before his stroke. Wow, they, they, they went on a, li- a lot longer. From everything that Brett said, and again, I'm only going by his book. I don't know her right. side of it. But from what I've read, like they were having problems for a long time before they split up, including right. during this time. To be fair, can you blame her? Like this guy was no. never around. No, and, like, I, I don't blame she, her at all. They had like a hundred children and like... And she, they all had dumb names. Right, but they all... like. I'm, what I'm saying is you leave this woman to right. take care of like 14 children all day. It's like... Yeah. What the fuck? And and we know what he was doing on the road. Right, exactly. Because he admits it. And, and he, I understand that he provided well for her. Of and course. that's fine. But, but that's like, not all there is to yeah, it. Yeah, that's not all there is to life. So It's almost like, not the opposite of Stu, but it's a different way that Stu... Like, Stu didn't provide most of the time unless the right. business was doing really well. Right. And he beat the <laughs> shit out of his kids. Brett provided really well, but um, like he wasn't there for the kids, you know? Right. It was. It's, it's better, but it's not what's, better. What's interesting about it is after we went through all this stew stuff, it's almost tragic. It's like Brett, you can tell, wanted to escape this. He Like, you can tell the way he is with his kids that he wants to be tender and nurturing. Like, yeah. the complete opposite he of his father. He legit loves his kids. Right. It's not like that, but it's like you're watching the tragedy of, like, he can't stop it from ending up shitty 
Yeah. Like, even though he doesn't, like, he, you can tell he genuinely wants this big, happy yes. family and, like, he wants to be close with his kids right. and close with his wife. He and, wants like, the ideal. He wants that, but he He's a just wrestler. can't make it happen. <laughs> He's like, a wrestler. Because he only knows wrestling because of fucking Stu. See, there you go. Yeah. The Eclipse DX entering on screen, as on screen text tells us that Vince is losing the war to Ted Turner. So he's taking the WF in a new direction with a new star. Yeah, that hot newcomer, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. That's funny to me. Yeah. Uh, we see that promo where D Generation X is coined, which is October 13th, 97. Sean throws two clips of the Canadian flag in his nose. <laughs> Triple H says that he's better than Brett. Like, okay, shut the fuck yeah. up. Like, no. <laughs> I, I'm better than you. Everybody's better than him. I hate him. Like, can he just... He is such a dweeb. He never was as good as Brett. He never was as good as Sean. Ever. No. Ever. He wasn't. And But you know what? What's annoying is that I understand that this is for fake wrestling or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, there's some weird... Like, you can always tell the way Triple H's, like, inflections are or something. Yeah. Is that he truly believes this, even if he's saying it as part of the show. I wouldn't even be surprised if he thinks he's better than Shawn Michaels. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I don't know. Sean's his friend, so I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're like right. he probably thinks he's the best wrestler in the friend group. <laughs> well, think Kevin Nash is better than him. I don't know about that. We joke about Triple H's penis size. Uh, <laughs> Brett says, "You know, I can't imagine what their thinking is." Well, yeah, I agree. Brett says it's become smut TV, but I believe the proper term, Quinn, crash TV, not yeah. smut TV. Or GTV. Yeah. <laughs> then we get clips of Sean chasing Blade around backstage, which is kind of heartwarming. Yeah, like, so I like that. I thought this was a weird thing right here because it's contrasted by Brett talking over it from another promo, like shitting all over Sean Michaels. Like in yeah. a promo, right? And he's saying like Sean's not as good as him and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> which is but true, like, obviously. As, the, as that's playing, like it shows Sean being like a kind of nice guy. Not, yeah, he's like, being fine. He, he's playing with his kids and he looks like down to earth and realistic dude. Mm -hmm. And again, probably high as fuck, but maybe, still. Yeah, but the point is, is he's not acting like they're describing him being like, right. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. The whole thing's weird to me because the documentary, when they talk about Sean, he's an asshole and he sucks and I don't like him. Yes. But when they show him, he's, he's never, fine. ever like he's bad fine. or he doesn't seem unreasonable. And again, like, that might be intentional. Right. We don't know what else Paul J captured. Right. Paul, Paul J. J. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. But you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely correct as far as what we see. Yeah. Sean's fine. Then we get a shot of on screen text that says Vince wants out of the 20 year contract. Right. Yeah. Let me see Brett's cat for a second there, that which is weird. weird. What, what, what's that cat's name? Like Pinto Beans or something? I don't know. Ask Natty. Yeah. And then Brett comes home <laughs> to talk to Julie. He says Vince is in a financial peril and he wants him to talk to the WCW. The company's in financial peril. I don't believe that. There's a little confusing because, first of all, I don't know when this is technically like this part. When he told him that, I don't know when they filmed this. This this yeah. could have been a pickup for all we know. Right. But he told him that allegedly, I think, at the MSG Raw in September of 97 is when now, he told him. Was this legit during that time, though, where, you know, Mix described in the past, too, about there was a period during 97 mm -hmm. where they were actually truly in financial peril? This could be true. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's 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 Vince conflating the two situations and he's using the uh, fact he's using that they were in yes. financial peril like three months ago yeah. to get rid of Brett. So basically we agree with Julie. Right. That's what she thinks. She's like, then why did he sign you? And what, you know, like, yeah. you also mentioned that Julie has a backwards hat yeah, on for this she whole looks thing. really weird and <laughs> goofy. Does. Like it's kind of just, it's like a funny like thing. And like the only reason it, it struck me 
is because it makes her look more haggard. Yeah, it does. Like, like I don't give a fuck. It's like I've been era. taking care of these damn yeah. kids all day. Like and this cat. Yeah, and this cat. <laughs> we get audio of Vince. I don't know when it's from. I think probably an off the record interview or something like that from '98, saying he regretted giving Brett that contract. Which, yeah, it's a twenty-year contract. I'd regret it too. Yeah. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? I, it's crazy. It, it's Mark Henry <laughs> shit. Right Honestly, there. back at Brett's house. Brett comes in with his notebook and robe to talk this to is, Julie. This is interesting because I, it makes me envision Brett on the phone with Vince as he's writing down yep. every single thing he's saying. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I bet you it wasn't taped, obviously. Right. So, yeah, he probably did write it all down. And then he says, you know, I got to think about everything. Can we stop the cameras for a while? Yeah. Can we cut this off now for a little while? Okay. So the WCW said, what is it going to take to bring it here? So... Brett wants Vince to talk him into staying. Brett really doesn't want to go to the WCW. Right. But he's upset because he can't be the best good guy anymore because that's Austin. Yeah. He can't be the best bad guy anymore because that's Sean. Well, I mean, Brett, like, maybe you Why can't do you need be, to be the yeah. best thing on the roster? Maybe You're the second 40. best. Like, yeah. it's time to, like, right. move down the card a little second bit. Second best? Is yeah. that okay? Can yeah. we, like, settle on that? Right? That's the, See, that's the thing I have a problem right. with Brett is that he thinks his only place is at the top of the card. He couldn't see himself right. not at the top. Now, didn't Brett have major problems only four years earlier with Hulk Hogan for that same type of behavior? Right. Yes, and he's doing it now. Right. If anything, I know it's his rival and whatever, right. but he's holding it back Sean. Who was younger, younger. Who's a guy younger. And not injured yet. He's holding back Austin by who's saying also this younger shit. Mankind. Injured, but... Yeah. Like, guys uh, like that. Even Undertaker even much younger. Even his own brother Owen. His brother own. Yeah. Right. Kane. There's a bunch of new talent. I got to disagree with Brett. Yeah. Maybe not be the number one something. If any guy, just as far as age, I'm not talking about push, was aging into his prime period and it should have been pushed to the top by this point in time was Shawn Michaels. Shawn and Steve. Right. They're about the same age. Yes. Early 30s. They were both at that prime position. And Nick. Right, and Brett was a little past it. He was 40. Yeah, so... Like enough already. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's, it's Sean and Steve's turn. It's the but, same shit that he got on Hogan's case for in 93 when Hogan was 40. Yeah. And still wanted to be on top. Right. So this is a case where, as much as I respect Brett as a wrestler, dude, step down a little. Right. Not like opening match guy, just a little bit. He should have been a rival of Steve and Sean right. throughout the... He should have stayed, and he should have been. He would like, have had a great '98. He, yeah, he should, he should, he would have should have been the legend that crops up every couple months, challenges Austin or, yeah. or Sean. Could have had yeah, could have had good matches. Yeah, maybe <laughs> has a match with Sean for number one contender to try to fight Austin, yeah. stuff like that. You I know? know, like it's just annoying. He accuses Vince of sabotaging his career, but I mean. Vince made his 97 by having him turn heel. It's not fair to blame it all on Vince. Yeah, I... Vince having him turn heel was the smartest thing that Brett could have done in 97. Right, it reinvigorated his career. It he, did. He's absolutely wrong about this sabotage. He did not sabotage And I think him. a lot of... To be fair to Brett a little bit, I think a lot of what we're hearing here is um, raw emotion, like, after he's... At the time, yeah. At the time and realizing this and not, like, thinking out, okay, this is what yes. really happened. To be fair to him. I think you're right. Yeah. I appreciate you being fair with Brett Hart on this one. I'm fair, but I, I'm i not saying he isn't dramatic. This is he ridiculous. Is he's the number one guy. What the fuck is his complaint? I know. Like, and he was paid very well yeah, as yeah. well. We get clips of Brett Rad Radford Hart in his flannel shirt reminiscing about faxing his signed WCW contract. You know, you watch your career go away in 20 seconds. <laughs> and he's, okay, he's being a little dramatic here. 
let's be fair. I know we're not fans of the WCW, um, what they did with Brett and whatnot. But at this well, point in time, Brett is being paid handsomely to go to WCW. Yes. May I add the number one promotion at the time of, of him moving? Technically, yes. If anything, the outlook should be that this is an upgrade. Yeah, he was never happy about going. You ever notice that? Yeah. He was always upset about but it. But on its face, it should be right. an upgrade because that's a place where older talent is on the top. <laughs> that's a place where they pay older talent to do nothing. Right. I mean, literally, I'm but, not kidding. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. Everything is in Brett's favor in this deal. More money, yeah. lighter schedule. You don't have to do shit. I mean, and honestly, you get to be at the top and you get to be at the top or, but they didn't put him at the top and no, he didn't but know he that. Didn't know, and nobody knew that. B- right. Bischoff didn't even know he wouldn't use Brett that way. I'm saying, you know? yeah, I know. And nobody it, knew that. You're right. I agree with you. He should be a lot more excited about this, but again, we get it because he was with Vince for so long, right? That it must be hard to make that decision. Yeah, and I know we're kind of going off the side here, but I think it's important to, to, to establish preface that, yeah. the, the Montreal screw job yes. and why it's not Brett is the most righteous man right. or anything. No, because right? he's not. Yeah. We get a clip of him on Off the Record, which is a show on TSN hosted by a big douchebag named uh, Michael Landsberg. Wrestling fans are buzzing on the card is Bret Hart and the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. A week before the Survivor Series, and Brett's bitching about the current product, which, hey, he should have invented Twitter if he wants to bitch about the current product. Okay, I have a big problem with <laughs> this because... He gives his notice. He's still under contract, right? Yes. And here he is going on TV to bitch about the product because he's not going to be there anymore. So I I'm like gonna, it, though. Yeah, but I'm just saying I'm going to go shit on this before I leave. <laughs> well, like I, which, by the way, it's all it, the product's awesome. So he's absolutely wrong. Yeah. And second of all, I just I just think that's disrespectful. If he like, is, I respect Gwen. them so much. I like I I'm so loyal to it. What the fuck does he expect Vince to do? Like, <laughs> that's true. Like, he's on the show a week before his last match, and he's bitching about the company. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got a lot more raunchier, a lot more sexual. The show's very, very sexual, and, a, and I think in a bad way. I don't think you watch wrestling for sex. I don't think um, it's. I don't think it's become something presentable to your children. Like you don't like it, tough shit. It's as, bullshit. <laughs> as a rebuttal, we see a clip of a uh, good guys versus bad guys. But yeah. I want to remind you, everyone out there, throughout 1998, Austin was the good guy and Vince was the bad <laughs> right, guy. So yeah. that logic didn't really it's just, work. It's just gray areas, meaning, but that's not but even a thing. Austin was clearly a, cl- a face. Yes, exactly. But <laughs> so, it's just them, it's trying, it's this them's trying to say is that the anti-hero is a good guy now. It's their yeah. way of explaining it. But there was nothing about Vince that was good either. You no. know what I mean? Like he was clearly the heel. No. Yeah, it wasn't was like horrible. roles were really reversed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Michael Landsberg here on a different, different episode of Off the Record talks to a uh, noted wrestling expert, Paul Berta, who? In a way, it's a, it's a little piece of sleight of hand trickery he's doing here. Who in the blue hell are you? Uh, he looks like an extra on 90210. And, and then Meltzer chimes in. Yeah, he just like teleports <laughs> yeah. his way into the set here. He looks like a, the assistant computer arts teacher at a middle school. <laughs> he's like, yeah, match. And then some doofus with like a wispy beard chimes in. He looks like the actual computer arts teacher at that same middle <laughs> now, school. That guy with the beard, he is the weirdest looking human oh I've God. ever seen. I think his name was Paul Jenkins. He doesn't look like he watches wrestling. Yeah, who is he? looks he like, like a sweater vest on. <laughs> he looks like he collects hamsters. <laughs> but this is not a unique offense of Vince McMahon. I mean, we market Freddy Krueger costumes for nine-year-olds. True. What's even funnier is like he's okay with the attitude error. He's like, yeah, I love the wrestling yeah. now. It's really good. And Dave's like, oh, no, no. Because now instead of having a baby powder match, we're having a stripper match. And like Dave is being such a fuckwad this whole time. 
So instead of doing a diaper match, we're doing a stripper match. Diaper match, stripper match. Match, match. Match, match. Match, match. Match, match. Match, match. It's weird to watch Dave say he wants the older product that he... In the in the future, he would be like, no, the Attitude Era was better. Yeah, when comparing like, and it's weird saying yeah. he wants to see the older product that he used to crap on in the eighties yeah. that he hates Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, and, and that he shit. hates Hogan Andre. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck do you want, Dave? I, he he just wants it not to be what it is now. You literally said he's just a big dingus the yeah, whole time, he's all complete dingus. <laughs> so we get a, a short clip of Brett in Detroit the night before the I, Survivor you Series. Oh, it's my last show <laughs> before Survivor Series. And even in Detroit, a bunch of people were chanting that Brett sold out. God forbid a guy make a better living, yeah. though. I mean, I don't agree I always, with that. I always hate that in any, like, entertainment. I do, too. Thing. Like, it's like, listen, these guys are just like you. They're real people. They're real people who have families who, like, if a opportunity to get a better job that is higher paying comes along, they're going to take it. Yeah, like, I just got a new job. Right. To make more money. Did I sell out? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You have a family to take <laughs> right. care of, just like Bret Hart. Like, yeah. It's like Bret Hart is, like, yeah, I can make more money right. and I'm older and it's better on my body and yeah. stuff. Like, but shut up. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we get shots in a limo of Brett, Jim Neinhardt, and Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> this is really funny to me because Honky Tonk Man's like literally the voice of reason. <laughs> it's true. And, and you know what? Honky is actually probably one of the best people. To, to know this because uh, now that I know this whole story about how Vince kind of fucked him when yeah. he was Intercontinental Champion, right? Like I'm like, you know what? This is a good person to be giving Brett advice in that like, sense. In yes. this context, as yes. long as he doesn't tell him how to wrestle. But seriously, like it's funny that Honky Tonk Man is there, not just in the limo in 1997. Yes, <laughs> that's one thing we always was he <laughs> besides being on the product just sometimes was he like an agent or something? Because it, I feel I don't like think so. I just feel like the way this is being shown, he seems like he's in that role. I don't think so. Yeah. I think he was just there okay. as talent. Yeah. Brett's uh, line is, uh, this whole thing's getting stupid, which, dude, yeah. it's a wrestling angle. Just, like, let it play out. Go to the WCW. Make your money and shut the I he needs to stop. And by the way, there's a weird fucking fat guy with, like, a blue, really blue oh, dress. Yeah, shirt. That's Who a, is that? Oh, I forget the guy's name. Carl DeMarco? I can't remember. I don't know, but he's very strange looking. <laughs> yes. But we, yeah, and but just back to the other point, Brett, he is fucking fake wrestling. Just like, just move on, you're, man. You're, you're leaving. You're going to get paid a yeah, lot more money. It's going to be okay. Like, you're not going to have to work as much. Yeah. You can see your family that you miss like yeah. more. Like, what the fuck is the problem here? <laughs> just drop the fake wrestling belt. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's, uh, let's look at Julie making some tea. As uh, she looks like she'd rather be anywhere else. Brett's rambling on about creative control and his flannel V-neck. <laughs> Does Brett own a normal shirt? <laughs> I don't know. His attire is very questionable. Maybe, maybe he, maybe Julie is picking out too many bad shirts. Maybe. Here. Brett's not worried, though, because he knows he can trust Earl Hebner. Because, yeah. yeah, of course. What this is go, one of the most wrong? ominous yes. like, scenes in this whole thing where he's like, yeah, he, he, he swore on his kids and you, blah, blah, you wouldn't blah. screw me. Yeah. <laughs> Then we see uh, clips of Brett talking to that fountain of wisdom, Stu Hart, and Stu's like, eh, you know, Vince, uh, you do an excellent job for him. No, okay. So Stu, on one sense, is confused why he, you know, yeah. because he's good at wrestling, that's why he... Vince, Vince wants to get rid of him. But in the other sense, he says something very, very smart here. He does. He says essentially that you can't lose any respect here because you don't have any because you're a heel. When you lost your respect, lose your respect, you haven't got much left. Why didn't he just listen to him? He's yeah. right. Like he's basically telling him, you can lose. You're a heel. It's fine. Yeah, that's literally what Stu meant. Yeah, he's like, if you lose, it's fine. You're already a heel. Just do it. 
Yeah, who gives a shit? Like the one time you should have listened to Stu. I know he's hard. <laughs> he's a horrible human for most of this, but like other than he had some sage he, advice there. This was this is something only somebody in the wrestling business for a million years could tell you. I agree with you. Yeah. And it was a million years. Brett talks about his reasonable creative control. More on, more on that later. He's but, very stuck up on this reason. First I know. of all, it's not reasonable creative control to say I'm not going to give. I don't up know the title belt. That's a legal definition. We can't yeah. interpret that. We don't know. It's a vague definition. That's the whole point. Like, is yeah. we, don't, we can't say what's reasonable I don't or not. Know, what I'm saying is I don't know if an attorney can even. What is reasonable I, I creative don't know. control in professional wrestling? I don't yeah. know. I, but yeah. I bet Hulk Hogan had it. Yeah. Uh, we get shot of Jason Sensation like using a megaphone in his normal voice. We want him to know that we're behind him 100%. We love the hitman. Jason Sensation's normal voice still sounds like Owen Hart. Did you notice yeah, that? it's true. Least, yeah. Unless he was doing the Owen yeah. impression, I couldn't tell. Mm. Anyway, we get clips of Brett walking down the shitty hallway again. Okay, yeah, we're, so we... Now we're catching fair, up to we, the beginning. We, we, this, because it's like Pulp Fiction or something yeah. in the 90s. We <laughs> yep. have to go back to the beginning. Yep. Brett likens losing to Sean as being raped. Like, dude, it's wrestling. Dude, this this comment pissed Come me off on. so much because it's just so over the top. It's so dumb. It's wrestling. Come on. I understand. Just fucking lose. I understand you don't like Sean Michael. I don't either as much, but lose. Just lose. He's going to be just there lose. tomorrow. Yeah, just lose. Yeah. Just lose. And again, I know there are people out there that are going to say, well, you had reasonable creative control. I understand that. We're not lawyers. No yeah. one here is a lawyer. If you are, let us know. But I don't know what that means. Did I want Brett to lose to Sean? No. Do I understand Brett's point of view? Yes, I do. He doesn't like him. Right. He doesn't want to help him in you any know, he way. He seems perfectly cordial with him most of the time. I know. At least they're being civil, <laughs> yeah. right? I get that. If he would have just lost, no one would have been like, oh, Brett now is the worst wrestler ever. Fuck him. Yeah. It would have been a wrestling match that people would have forgotten about. I think he would have had a better legacy in general. I know. Anyway, three hours before the match, Sonny is talking to Julie, and she's telling Julie how weird it is that Brett is leaving. <laughs> okay, so let me just say how weird this is, because it's Brett's lover, Sonny, confiding in <laughs> Brett's it, wife, Julie. <laughs> Stop. And it's just very... Uh, it's, Allegedly lover. Yeah, but it's very, like, uncomfortable after we've seen yeah, the footage I know. before. And it's almost like Sonny, like, with her cover story. Yeah. Like, essentially, like... Yeah, I'm gonna miss him. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? He was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Because I mean, there also is one more clip slipped in, which is later, but I'll just... Yeah. I'll, I'll just say it now because on the topic of Sonny. Yeah. Like, first of all, Sonny's dressed up all, like, sexy-like with, well, the, with the boots and the miniskirt. She's and in she, her attire. But she's... Playing with his kids in like the stepmom way. Yeah, I know. Like the, like, she even takes like a bump for him. Yeah, like, <laughs> into the wall. Yeah, it's a very strange yeah. period of time. Uh, Julie and Dave have her talk for a bit. Dave says he'll miss him. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Julie talks. Now, was did Brett have any problem with Dave? Because it was Earl who did it, not Dave. This no, I don't always think gonna, you have a problem it, with Dave. Okay, I was just gonna say because I like that's not fair if they're twins for you to hate. Yeah, Dave they're not all. the same person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julie talks to some random guy who says they're gonna hang out. Yeah, sure. So we're gonna hang out. <laughs> I'm sure that happened. Then we uh, see a shot of Blade in the corner, hunched over next to a radiator. Yeah, like in the bathroom. A glove yeah, or what something? is he doing? I don't know. It was really weird. I, I had to note the licking a glove. Was bit. it a Shawn Michaels glove? I couldn't tell. No, it was just some black, like just the normal kind you get for the winter. Yeah, like he's being a seven-year-old. Yeah. The director, Paul J. <laughs> Paul J. He asked him if he knows what's going on, and Blade doesn't. Well, that's, I'm actually glad he doesn't. Yeah, he's fucking like six or something. Yeah, like he should know what's going on here. Good. We get a clip of Brett talking to Vince about how the match is going to end. And he were asking, like, they say Brett 
wears a wire. Yeah, so they put wire in quotes. Does that mean it's not a wire? I don't like, know. what is it? Is I guess it... it's just they're saying that's not really what it's called. It's called a. <laughs> what is it called? A wiretap? such an odd detail, like, to, yeah. like, why? Brett is worried about losing since he's a hero in Canada. The way this whole thing has been depicted, it's really hard for me as a hero here to come up short. Shut up! <laughs> it's fake! It's a television show! Will you stop it? Like Vince says he's open to anything, which he's not, so another, there's a lie okay, there, too. Okay, I, I, that's Vince's fault. They're both like they're, Vince. Okay, they're both if, wrong. You can tell what Vince is trying to do is he's just trying to shut like, him up. Uh, he's, yes, he's just trying to like appease him yes. so we can just get through this night. I know, I know. Like, just enough of this shit. But Brett doesn't know that. Brett, right. Brett thinks Vince is being legitimate. Right, exactly. Which is a problem. That sucks, you yeah, know? Yeah, it does suck. And Brett says, at least he says this, he doesn't have to win. Right. For the record, okay, yeah. Brett was not asking to beat Sean yeah. at Survivor Series. Let's at least get that That's clear. That's fine, yeah. He just didn't want to lose. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, he didn't say, but, you know, I, I have to win. Right, but again, the point is, it's like, he's not going to work here. I know. He's the champion. He needs to lose clean. Brett's but. point of view, though, is if they do a schmoz and a DQ finish, the next night, Brett can leave the way he wants, which he alleges is part of his contract Yeah, but you, that he can leave the way he wants, which is that he can give up the title and go out on a nice note. That's but, what he wanted. Right, but you're not thinking of how that makes... I feel bad, like you're not going to believe me because I'm a Sean fan and a supporter, but how does that make Sean look? And even if it wasn't Sean, the next champion look. You know what I'm but, saying? Who cares how Sean looks? Sean has already been the champion. Right, but I'm saying no matter what, whoever the fucking belt ends up on after Brett, it doesn't look good because it's like oh this guy's going to WCW why should I watch this phony champion well they could have just had a match for it like a four way match and then someone won it and then it's won legitimately I know what you're saying you know I'm, what I mean I'm just saying is that Brett is not it, it's it's breaking the like lineage in a way Oh, come on, Quinn. Don't worry about the lineage. But I mean, that, Andre the Giant sold it to Ted DiBiase. I'm just saying, in creative context, that's not reasonable. It might be, though, is the thing. In the context of reasonable creative control. It's not totally unreasonable. It's, to not, a, it's not fair. Oh, like Sean never gave up the title? I'm not talking about Sean. It's not fair to Vince McMahon. But I'm saying, like, like, Sean didn't surrender a title. All Brett's asking to do is surrender the title. The same way Sean did in February when he faked his fucking knee injury. That's a fair point. And couldn't find a smile. That's a fair point. So let's leave this right now and just get back with the narrative, okay? That's all Brett wanted to do. Anyway, Brett tells Julie that he just talked to Vince. He's like, it's okay. It'll be a DQ finish. Now, Julie also says right after, I don't believe him. Yeah, I know. I don't believe it. It's okay. Just talk to Vince. It's going to be a disqualification. I don't believe it. He shouldn't <laughs> listen to her. Now we get a, a shot of uh, Stu allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Is, okay, so this is like the way this is shot is reminiscent of the classy Freddie Blassie like yeah. scenes. Back they, in my day, they clip you know? like over his shoulder to a TV with rabbit ears, <laughs> and but with this pay per view, yeah. the pay per view, sure. Is superimposed over it doesn't even look yeah. like real or anything. Oh, that was that was embarrassing. Like why was that shot? Why is Stu wouldn't be watching this? Like yeah. let's be honest. He's in he, bed. He, yeah, exactly. He's, he's, he's 173 years old. He's got to rest those cells, <laughs> keep him alive. At the pay per view, we get a clip of Michael Cole in kayfabe asking right. Vince who's going to win. Vince is like, I don't know. Remember that? That's, was this on yeah. Survivor? Okay, I just yeah. making sure. I wasn't sure if this was like filmed for something else. No, it's on there. Okay. Uh, for some reason, we see the Raw is War intro on the Titan Tron at Survivor Series. I was Series. asking this question yeah. while I was. I was like, What the fuck? Why did they need to do that? It's like Julie's in the crowd. And yeah. It's like 
But I'm like, it's Survivor Series. It doesn't even look like the set for Survivor Series that she's at. Do you notice? Because they show the Titan Tron with the. What the fuck happened here? I don't know. Sean with his useless uh, European title enters the ring. <laughs> a title that he won for no reason and would lose very tastefully by laying down for Triple H. We're talking about giving up titles. Now. Shut up. No. Whatever is, you're going to say, you're wrong. I'm just. At, no, this is a legitimate question. Wasn't this design just they wanted to get the belt off the bulldog because they knew he would like fucking leave like after all this happened? No, because this was September. I, they didn't yeah, know. I, I'm just that was September when he Because people left. have said that no, before. They just wanted to get it off Bulldog, but not because they knew he would leave. But all fair I'm trying enough, to say, enough. Sean didn't exactly lose that title gracefully, lineage-wise, no. Quinn. Yeah. Then again, it's the European title. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> so Sean uh, wipes the maple leaf on his dick. I think he <laughs> found his smile in the process, actually. Yeah. Brett enters as Julie watches on in her Roseanne coat. <laughs> She's sitting all the way up in the like ceiling like she's Stu Hart at SummerSlam 91. <laughs> Clips of the match follow. Earl gets bumped. Voiceover from Brett going over the finish with Patterson. However, Earl gets up just as Sean is applying the sharpshooter, which is not supposed to happen. Earl's supposed to now, stay down. They describe the finish to Patterson. Yeah. Does, and like, it's obviously not what happens. Of course not. So, But it's it's actually, it's interesting. I like how they did this because... They're describing the finish as the bad finish goes down. Yeah, they're sh- exactly. What was supposed to happen for the record is Earl was supposed to stay down. Sean gets Brett in the sharpshooter. Sean nails Brett with the super kick. Right. Another referee comes down. Bulldog and Owen pull the referee out. There's like brawling for a while, and then it's a DQ. Who who is supposed to get like a pin per se in this match? Sean. Okay, so that they could explain the next night. Yeah. That, okay, that makes sense. That was the the quote unquote planned finish. Right. As far as Brett knew. So anyway. Obviously, we know what happens. Ring the fucking bell. Bell rings. Sean acts all upset. We hear from Brett. They screwed me. They really screwed me, the lousy bastards. <laughs> the epic spit at Vince McMahon. Yeah, and it it's is a really good. good. It's job. very, so- very <laughs> solid spit. Triple H is out there for no real reason, just to help Sean, I, think, I guess. Honestly, I, 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 yeah, I always thought that was like legitimately like yeah. it, somebody needed to make sure. I wouldn't just, fuck with Triple H. Yeah. On a pretty big guy. Yeah, exactly. Just somebody need to be there so Sean didn't get legit punched in the face. Because Sean's a fucking wuss in real life. <laughs> yes, but at the same time, he can handle himself. He's not, he's 240 pounds. Like, he's no baby or Brett anything. Brett beat him up. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's like, just have Brett someone out Sean. there. It's just for safety. Brett gives uh, Sean and Triple H the double bird. Now, and- did you notice this weird, <laughs> odd cut where it's the HBK lyric, like in his song? I like, make them hot. I make them hot. Yeah, it's it almost like spent a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to cut that yeah. in. Then we replay the audio from a little bit earlier of Vince telling Brett they can do whatever he wants. And that's where, see, this is where Brett feels betrayed. Yeah. Is that Vince lied. Now, I'm again, I know Vince had a business to run, so I get that. I'm not defending Vince lying. But this is why it hurt Brett. Yeah. Was that Vince and he thought they had an understanding. Right. You know, that like this is what was going to happen. Right. That's where I think Brett was really betrayed is that Vince lied to him. Now, okay, I think there's a couple things that need to be taken into account. Is There was a lot of other moving parts going on at the time, like the Brett bitching on a talk show. I don't think that helped, and I don't know if that factored and then, into and it. And the retaliation of, of Vince leaking that he was leaving to to people. Someone leaked it. Brett claims that Vince did, yeah. to, to in retaliation for talking shit about the company. It's possible. Um, there's, you know, all the all the moving parts of like they want to make sure every. If you think about their long term plans, they want to make sure everything's settled for Austin. Sure. To ascend, 
You still got Sean there, and he's got to be the champion the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on. I agree. And I just think that's it's important to note that stuff and that it shouldn't be all about what Brett wants when he's not going to be in this company. That's fair. So do you think, I don't care what kind of responses we get because we've seen them all, so whatever you guys want to say, you say it. It's fine. Yeah. But do you think it's overly simplistic to say, Brett had a contract that said reasonable creative control, so he should have just been able to do what he wanted. You I, think that's oversimplifying it, right? I think it's it, right? oversimplifying it. It's, it's Brett's defense of the situation. If you think about it, like, legitimately, and I'm not, I know Vince McMahon has mistreated people in the past. Tons of times. But in this case, he is actually protecting the people who will be continuing to work for him. And it seems to be his primary concern. But. Do you think it really would have hurt anything that badly? Oh, I don't, hang on. Yeah, I don't know. Had they done the schmas, Brett leaves on a high note. You don't see him again. They put the title up for grabs, let's say, in a four-way at the December pay-per-view, right? Goodbye, yeah. right? Sean wins, and everything proceeds as normal. Would that really have hurt them? I don't know. Come on. I mean, how could Sean giving up the title, oh, listen, they dealt with that? Hindsight's twenty twenty. I know that, but in yeah. both sides it is. Hinds- yeah, on both sides. But I just, I can see both sides of the coin now. I can too. I understand Brett feeling betrayed, but I also understand that Vince is protecting his company and the reputation of his work, that the perceived reputation, perceived of, his, reputation. of his workers that yes. are going to be with him. He's also compete. He's also dealing with a guy that's going to go to his competition. This is true. That's, like that's fair. That is another aspect when a lot of people don't mention is this, this guy's, guy's going, going to, to the compete against him. Who's hell bent on putting him out of business. Why would he give him any benefit? Because like, he's Bret Hart, and Bret's eyes is like, well, I've been here loyally for 14 years. Right, but you know it's like mean? he's going to go to WCW and say, I never really lost the title. I wouldn't put that past Bischoff, you're right. Right, exactly. It's a social conundrum, really, yeah. and I do see both sides of it, so I'm not calling either side right or wrong. It, yeah. it was a big fucking problem. I just, what That's I, what it was. One thing I don't agree with, and Bret isn't like this much anymore, but during he, the preceding years between the reconciliation, yeah. he really did go on his high horse about how righteous he was in this yeah. situation. And, and I didn't like that. He wasn't entirely righteous. No. I'll agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so let's just get back to the end of this uh, this show here. There's not much left. So we get shots of uh, Owen comforting Brett in the ring, which I thought was nice. Yeah. Like, Owen comes out to calm him down. The graphics designer lady being upset. Like, <laughs> I, I love that they, Wait, found, they her found her in the her? crowd. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even see that. But I would guess that that's actually a reaction shot from something at SummerSlam because that's yeah, where they interviewed her. She was her. at the SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah. She was at the SummerSlam. That, they probably spliced it in. Oh, There's weird. no way she went yeah. to Montreal. Maybe. Well, maybe she I made mean, that sweet graphics money. The graphics <laughs> money and she owes it all to Brett. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Brett destroying monitors. You know the deal. So backstage, Brett storms into the locker room and he tells Julie that. That piece of shit locked himself <laughs> in his office. That's funny. This whole last part. It's fun. It, it's actually really fun because you really get to see what actually happened. And it's yeah. like on film and nobody can dispute yeah, anything. Like, this part happened. Yeah. So Brett is taking off his boots and he asks Sean if he was in on that. Sean, of course, denies it. I swear to God, to God. No fucking idea. You yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. Which, again, Vince told Sean, deny it. Deny, deny, deny. That was his order. It was. From his employer. Yes. To be fair. <laughs> I know. I agree with yeah. you. I, I don't blame Sean. 
I don't. Right. I yeah. don't blame Sean. That's yeah. what he was asked to do. Yeah. So he did it. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't look forward to it. Right. But he did it. Basically, Vince had told him, I will deal with this. And he did. And I want none of you to be like, Earl, you don't know. Sean, yep. you don't None of you know. Yep. I will 100% deal with this. I'll give Vince that. Yeah. Uh, we get a shot of Vince approaching the locker room, but Brett says, unfortunately, it sucks. Brett says, shut off the cameras. What do you mean? He got shit. He's got it. Okay, let's get out. Meanwhile... Outside the locker room, Julie. <laughs> this is the most like Roseanne moment right here. Yeah, and I know I've cut this into something recently, yeah. but Julie's yelling at Triple H and like Animal is nearby yeah. <laughs> and like Blade's holding the LOD spikes and she's like, God's going to strike you down, Hunter. Yeah. What goes around, comes around, you know. Sadly for her, that wasn't true because yeah. now he runs the company. He like runs the company. But Triple H looks guilty as hell, oh, doesn't he? knows he? what he did. He's a scared puppy that pissed on the rug. Well, the thing too is that we know from actually actually like interviews after the fact like years later oh that, yeah like he was actually the first to suggest doing this fucking asshole like this was actually <sighs> like they vince sean and earl might have not even thought of this if triple h hadn't yeah. like said it you know what i like though owen like the upstanding hero just like gets her out of there she's yeah. like all right st- calm down yeah. stop yelling owen's very good although he's like unspoken the whole time i know it sucks well yeah. he even says to the camera guy he's like i don't want to be filmed i don't want to be filmed yeah damn i wish owen was interviewed yeah, he's in this very good. he seems like he's fucking normal yeah <laughs> like the only one in the family. <laughs> that's why everyone yeah. liked him he yeah. was like actually normal yeah then we got we cut to uh the locker room as brett's putting his shirt on he's like a you know vince somehow uh ran into my hand yeah that, i love that explanation <laughs> because good. it's all you need to know yep. and i also like that the guy interviewing him yeah. he's like did you really do that you knocked like, out vince mcmahon with a punch yeah, or whatever I, I love his like legitimate surprise yeah. like because that's how i would react because yeah. it's like holy whoa, wait what like <laughs> pretty crazy yeah and then uh, we get that shot of Vince staggering down the hallway. Yeah, he's got the cameras. <laughs> yep. Followed by Shane and Briscoe. Yeah. More clips of the Brett screwed Brett interview. Vince makes a very valid point. We've talked about it. Brett forgot that they're in the sports entertainment business. He forgot where he came from. Yeah. The business that made him. Basically, Vince is saying Brett forgot wrestling isn't real. Yes. And that that's what I think has happened re- Honestly, what really happened here? He just took he took the outcome of that match a little too seriously, is what Vince is trying uh, to say. Yes, and and Brett really thought that this match is the was the make or break of right. his entire. Before it wasn't right. He made it that. <laughs> yeah, he created the situation. I know. Yeah, you know. Now Brett though makes a another valid point about how wrestlers break their backs for the sport and they wind up with nothing and how he did have this in his contract which again we're not going to get in the whole back and forth but I get that side of it how it's very physically demanding but it's you, also reasonable creative don't forget the reason. I know. We, we, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I really don't. It's not up to the fans to interpret that. Yeah. It's not. Okay. Some might say it is reasonable. Some might say it's not. Who's right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But Brett's point about how hard this is to do to wrestle for a living, I get that. Hey, and, I'm behind him 100%. And promoters yeah. do dick people over that all the time. True. So I'm with him but there. But this, this part, when he's saying this, this was like after, right? Yes. This like is this is a very like, this seems like raw, like, yeah. like a day or two afterwards, Reaction. like really angry, like yeah. no, not really thinking about mm-hmm. the whole situation. Right. T- not taking himself out of the situation and thinking about like, what would he do if he was Vince? Yeah. Ex- ex- what would he do if he was Sean? Exactly. Which, yeah, he didn't do that. Yeah. We see Brett uh, allegedly the next night watching uh, Raw after Montreal. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> with the Bret Hart midget. Yeah. 
I'm sure they totally watched this the very next night and filmed it. Yeah, sure. No, they, this wasn't they, set up no, at all. No, they VHS taped it. <laughs> uh, Julie doesn't like it. Yeah. 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 I, I like that you can hear, if you listen carefully, King sneaking in a, ah, he sunk to new lows joke <laughs> about the midget as we fade yep. to a 204-year-old Stu and Brett walking through a field near the Hart House. Hey, at least Stu's lawn grew some grass for this segment. <laughs> Brett says the Hitman character was murdered. Like, dude, it's no, Dude, you, it's wrestling. I'm like, I come on. The, his last lines in this are so Ugh. like dumb. Like they're just way too heavy-handed I know. and terrible. I did like this though, Quinn. Listen to this to close it out. On screen text as we see Brett and Hunchy Stew walking. <laughs> yeah. Says that Bret Hart now wrestles for Ted Turner's WCW. And at that precise time, the song that's been playing reaches a lyric <laughs> that says, Sometimes the road leads to dark places. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Perfect metaphor for the rest of Brett's career. Roll credits honestly. as they walk through the, the freshly minted lawn. <laughs> yeah, they planted that sod for yeah. this. Yeah. Well, Quinn, I mean, as far as a documentary is concerned, I think it's gripping. I think it's interesting. Oh, it's a good documentary. Right? Um, I a mean, little, a little cheap in the production, but actually, to be honest with you, I think that lends to it being more realistic. Yeah. It feels like this was all filmed by accident for some reason, and that yeah. pretty much was like a lot of it was. No yeah. one expected. Montreal yeah. to turn out the way it would. Not Go, at all. Going into it. Not at Not until the moment it happened. I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable. And it, this, this documentary is a really good piece of history. And it really shows, um, I think it's the fairest interpretation of the whole Montreal situation. Yeah. Because it's literally just raw footage, most yeah. of it, of what happened with, yeah. you know, Brett's opinions. Yeah, and to be fair to Paul J, Paul J, yeah, uh, he does give both sides an equal case. Yes, he doesn't say Brett's right necessarily. He doesn't position it that way. What's funny when I originally watched it as a kid, I really thought this was way more sympathetic to Brett. But now that I watch it as an adult, it's it's, it's neutral. So much, yeah, it's very neutral. It it's is so neutral, and you get to see why Brett kind of is the way he is about wrestling. I think it was very helpful to explain his childhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really think that was absolutely necessary to understand the mindset of yeah. this man going into Montreal. Absolutely, Quinn. Yeah. Let's check in uh, now that the review is done. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's check in with Dave Van Antwerp. He sent in a clip for Whoa, us. Oh, really? Yeah. And Did he Photoshop this clip? <laughs> yeah. Dave is someone that you can find on the groups. Man, he is. He comes up. It's one thing to Photoshop and be good at Photoshopping. Right. The other aspect of making a good one is to have a good idea. Right. And he comes up with some really funny stuff. So if you if you know him from the group, man, he's funny. And uh, let's take a listen to Dave Van Antwerp here. Hey, Joe and Quinn. This is Dave Van Antwerp. Like everybody else here, I just wanted to thank you guys for all the entertainment that you provide us on a weekly basis. It's apparent how much you guys work on the show, really. I know you guys enjoy doing it, but it's still a commitment on your part. And you guys always come through. You never disappoint. You're always on time with a great show, and it's, you know, I'm, we all appreciate it. I was never a sports fan as a kid in any way, other than pro wrestling, which, you know, I'm not really a sport, but that was my outlet. And <laughs> for 20 years, I rarely missed a show, got together with friends, watched pay per views, talked wrestling all the time. But in the early 2000s, I just totally dropped out of the scene, lost interest in all that. And, you know, I guess a lot you. of other people did too. <laughs> yeah. But I missed, line. you know, missed talking <laughs> wrestling. So about a year and a half ago, I, I stumbled upon you guys on YouTube, one of your early live reviews of shitty 1982 <laughs> WWF wrestling and uh, then discover your podcast from there and uh, it's you know it's been great I also wanted to mention how much I enjoy the, the Facebook page that you guys keep running it's a lot of fun over there and a lot of interesting characters and I mean that in the best way possible yeah. um, a lot of really nice people over there and 
most of them way more knowledge about more knowledgeable about wrestling than I am. But um, you know, I definitely have a lot of fun over there. So uh, as you guys move forward into uh, past your 100 years of uh, <laughs> pro wrestling podcasting into 200 and 300 years, I wish you guys the best of luck. You know, looking forward to a, a new appearance of the uh, Quinn's Yellow Blanket in his <laughs> new place of residence. Hopefully, it didn't get screwed up in his washing machine. Anyway, best of luck, guys, and thanks. It's really awesome. Thank you, Dave. It's, yeah, I it's, love the call back to my broken washing machine yeah. there. And, See, this bl- is a man, and the blanket. This is a man that pays attention. Yeah. Dan, that was that was really nice, Dave. Thank you so much for sending that in. It's cool to know that we get found in like weird ways, like our our old free you know nineteen eighty two reviews that we were just doing for shits. Remember yeah, that? We, back then we were not really trying with those. We were just like, yeah, let's give it, let's do this, and now we're still doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a nice clip, Quinn. In episode number fifty two, you had had enough of a certain wrestler. Let's hear it. Then of course Vince mentions how Dino Bravo will be in Earthquake's corner at SummerSlam. Who cares? <laughs> enough with Dino Bravo. Enough. I've had enough of Dino Bravo for one lifetime. I mean, I have. I know. And I got more of them in this damn documentary. No, we can't avoid Dino. How is he in this documentary, yeah. by the way? I always thought that that was such a weird inclusion, a yeah. Dino Bravo story. <laughs> you know, Quinn, not only did we interview Sean Mooney. Yes, we did. Well, we called we called them one time to try to get to the bottom of Bingo Break. Oh, right. I remember this. Yeah, let's take a look at this. Let's give them a call. Uh, hello. Hey, uh, Sean, it's Joe and Quinn from OVP Podcast. Hey there, Sean. Oh, uh, hey, fellas. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a little busy right now. Uh, is this really important? I mean, considering you guys have called me like 20 times in the last two days. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we were watching this bingo break show, uh. and we really <laughs> want to know, what the hell was that? It's funny you ask. I mean, you know, like, bingo break was this program, you know, that, that I think was ahead of its time. I mean, it, was a, it was a brilliant combination of marketing and broadcast <laughs> television. You know, it was a concept based on entertainment and I guess you'd call like a game show all in one. And it also happened to be one of the first interactive programs that allowed viewers to be directly involved in the show. And then they could also have this chance to, to win tremendous prizes. It was it was it was awesome. That's all great, Sean. But come on, really? Why did you do it? Uh, well, uh, I wanted to hang out with Gorilla. I knew it. Hey, uh, fellas. Yeah. Get a life, will you? I got to go. <laughs> oh, Sean Mooney. That was uh that was episode sixty. If you haven't seen that one, uh, Bingo Break. Yeah. That's a weird ass show from nineteen ninety four. Holy shit! We, it's on our um YouTube. Yeah, we we're actually, the only people that host it. So, we have it. Yeah, uh, Bingo not that Break. anyone would want to. But yeah, I think it's our most watched video. Oh, oddly, because some definitely. other podcast found Monster. Out, yeah, yeah, some other podcast found out about it or something. Good for him. Yeah, Quinn. One of my favorite things about when we do these reviews is uh the way, especially you we pick apart some of the minutia, some of the little details yeah. we notice. And in episode number 63, we reviewed Atlantic Grand Prix Wrestling. Grand Pricks. Yeah, Grand Pricks. Yeah. And uh, you had an issue with the uh, the room, I guess they were wrestling <laughs> it in. It poor. Let's, uh, let's hear it. And it's in a room. Like, we're live from someone's room, it looks like. Yeah, there's literally, like, a wall next to the ring with a bulletin board, like, probably for some other shit that's filmed there. Do you remember that one? Yeah, it that was... I, Grand Prix is weird. You know, I one of the things I can't wait to get into next season is just, like, going back oh, to yeah. these, like, weird, like, reviews. We're doing that, folks, I as mean, we I, mentioned. I I've got some ideas. You've told me. Yeah. Not I, what they are, but you've said you have ideas. Yeah, I mean... Can I say them? 
No, no, okay, no, I can't. <laughs> you gotta leave it as a little okay. surprise there. Well, okay. Uh, and don't forget, folks, next season, next week, October 8th, we're back with a newer format, meaning, uh, you know, we're still going to be reviewing something. We're still going to have an, an opening segment. But the middle portion there, replacing Rushmore to that, it's going to be very interesting. And that's all we're going to say. You have to tune yeah. in, but you're going to like it. I Yeah, it's honestly, it's, it's more discussion based and it's, it's similar, but not the same. That's right. Let's Sim- put it that way. Similar, but not identical. Yeah. Uh, why don't we take a listen to a guy that we shouted out last week, one of our big contributors in a lot of ways as far as helping promote the show making trailers for us. Big fan of the show. A great mate, if you will. We'll be excited to meet him, actually, yeah, in we'll, April. Me and him and you. And yeah, we're, we're going to go, go to the, the wrestling we're, together. We're go- He's going to uh, MSG with us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is Richard Land. Well, 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 chaps. We're finally here. OVP 100. It's been a great ride so far, and I can't wait to see what you guys have rolled up the sleeves there for the next 100 episodes so what are some of my favorite ovp memories how about the time you reviewed crap like herb abrams uwf (laughs) the wbf (laughs) or even the xwf (laughs) or you even came up with rushmore death valleys for things like wrestling props dungeon (laughs) of doom members i mean who else is gonna do that even the discussion of Doc Hendricks and the picture of his chin. <laughs> oh, whatever the topic of conversation, it's always fun, entertaining, so I thank you for that. And thanks for having me on that time as the special guest for the Two Fat Ladies 88 <laughs> special. It was a blast and I hope I'll be able to appear on something else down the line. Well, this has been Richard Land <laughs> and I'll just close with saying congratulations and all the best for the future lads cheerio bye <laughs> see ya cheerio we love richard uh, we love you richie best. thank you buddy uh richard land is someone that used to have a tremendously popular youtube channel a couple right. years back it was taken down i think in june of last year yep uh it was just simply titled richard land yeah and it was really cool when that richard land whose channel we used to watch all the time found us yes he found us and we were like what it's he's been one of the best friends of the show like he really has really helped us out in a lot of ways could have never imagined that the guy who ran the youtube channel would end up being such a close like yeah contributor and ally of this program and we cannot thank richard enough really for everything he's done absolutely thank you very much uh someone who is not an ally of the show someone who we poked (laughs) fun out a little too much uh someone got very mad at us and gave us a ring in episode number 73 quinn oh god folks we hope you like this show and uh obviously until next time we'll be happy to bring you hey do you hear that what the phone what is okay you better get it okay let's get the phone hello hey is this the uh ovp podcast uh yeah this is uh joe and quinn what's going on who's this this is hey hey it's conrad fucking thompson uh what holy shit hi conrad (laughs) uh what could we do for you i heard you've been talking shit on your stupid little opp podcast (laughs) nobody even listens to this shit meanwhile you think it's okay to bother me well hang on conrad the only thing is is like we we just we say that stuff as a joke you know like we we didn't yeah we didn't mean it no we didn't mean it we're just having some fun we didn't think you'd give a shit shit is what your podcast is my friend but not me you see i'm the two-time two-time podcast of the year and nobody's ever heard of your shit so yeah but go I, fuck I, yourself I, and roll tide motherfucker no but <laughs> well that, that is, was um 
Still one of my favorite things to yeah, ever this, happen. That was crazy, actually. And it's just like Montreal. You don't know if it's a work or a shoot, do yeah, you? I don't know. Uh, Quinn, one of the uh, recurring characters uh, throughout season number nine was Samu. Oh, not Lord <laughs> Alfred? No, no, no. Yeah. Here is Samu's first mention. And on one side of him is like some wrestling friend, and on the other side is the... The reporter? The reporter. Okay, who's with him? Wrestling friend. Like, do you have any idea? Samu. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, somebody, like somebody like inconsequential like that. Samu. And from that point forward, Samu has been a uh, an omnipresent figure. The legend of Sa- Samu was born. <laughs> Quinn, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Joe Merkel had a request that you read a poem that he wrote. Oh, he did? And yeah, and you're supposed to do it in the voice of Lanny Poffo. <laughs> a podcast about wrestling can be very fun especially in a medium that's rarely done. As Gorilla says, you have us hanging from the rafters. Just remember not to call the magazines the apters. Before I get too far, I hope this poem is not a mess. But Gorilla would say, that's highly unlikely, Jess. Then and now, Mount Rushmore and Death Valley brought the power. But the show clocks in at an hour 45, because you don't get paid by the hour. There's very little about your podcast of which to complain. You even had a very lovely tribute to the brain. You helped me relive some of the best times growing up in the 80s, even WrestleMania 3 with Bundy and Little Haiti. I enjoy the podcast very much every audio drop, and I conclude my poem as Gino looms large asking, Will you stop? Ah, very good, Quinn. Did I do good? You did good. You did very good. Very good. Very good job there. Joe Merkel has been helpful as well. Yeah. Been a big fan of the show. And he has gone through and he still goes through every single Rushmore and he logs the results. So there's actually a spreadsheet that we have shared on our website, ovppodcast.com. You can see all of the Rushmore results from episode 21 until I guess this one will be the last one, the last week. Right. Maybe there'll be a, maybe there'll be a spreadsheet. For, for the next thing for we're the doing. Next thing. Aha, Joe Markle, get your ears parked, be, buddy. Might be a hint. Quinn, uh, in episode number 87, an iconic line that we've mentioned was first uh, brought up, and I'm not even going to say what it is. You'll know it. Here it is. <laughs> Doc's good. <laughs> Doc sucks. He's good. <laughs> no, what is your defense of Doc? How can you defend him? He brought us the moment when I fell off the couch laughing at him the other week. Yeah, he's not yeah. someone you ever laughed <laughs> with. You're right. He's terrible. What am I talking about? How are you he's... defending him? He's awful. You're all I remember about. Okay, here's another memory. The fact that he's so bad that he dances to that music every week where it's like, ding, ding, and he's always like dancing to it and remember like on action zone being absolutely intolerable every week you're absolutely right and dancing at the glass table like he's like egging pettengill on to be dumber like the whole we've got king mabel coming up the toddster here with you you're right what am i doing doc Henders is number four what is your life right now that you're defending doc he had a picture of his chin in the event center with like cardboard cutouts of wrestlers it was all bad <laughs> oh man that is a classic rant quinn that, that is, is like that came from the heart right i, I can tell <laughs> yeah that's one of your all timers uh quinn i guess before we play one last fan clip we should just once again thank you guys for a hundred episodes and this one yeah and specials and video 
of, uh, of our vantage point, we really do appreciate all of the support, all of the fans that we have. Thank you guys for sending in clips. Thank you guys for joining the group. And if we never know who you are, thank you for listening. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. We started this. We didn't know if it would work. Nope, we didn't. Um, we just started doing a podcast because we enjoyed it. And exactly. And we, we still, still do. enjoy it. And, we still do. But, you know, now it's now it's a big thing kind of OVP I guess. headquarters you know we have headquarters is and studios we have a cpa i mean we have tons yeah, of we got an mba we got an mba we, we got have, the nba we have the mba yeah, yeah all of it yeah so, uh, so so thank you guys a lot to deal with a lot to deal with yeah. uh, we will be back of course next week with uh, episode 101 but i wanted to save this guy for last year because he he wrote a little song for us and that would be greetings from allentown's own pd winston ah, now PD, little PD, our, bro- our little brother our little baby brother yeah check out his show every thursday it's a refreshing blend of pop culture and wrestling under the guise of a one-hour wrestling review it's very interesting personal anecdote stories and insights it's greetings from allentown with peter winston but let's see what PD has to say. Thank you, PD, by the way, for all of your support. Yeah, thanks. Honestly. Yeah, really. Great seriously. show. Yeah. Thank you for always plugging us, shouting us out. Great to have you in the group. It's GF Allentown, Peter Winson. Hey, guys. Peter Winson here from Greetings from Allentown. Just wanted to say congratulations to my second favorite New Jerseyans after Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> Joe and Quinn. 100 episodes of our vantage point and i want to celebrate this the only way i know how you know how much i love television and i love parody songs happy go here so i feel that this is the absolute most fitting tribute i can give Drops Monday morning and you got a hundred pods. Marotta always said you'd be like the great Johnny Rods. Quinn said you're one in a million and you got a vantage point. You gone out to ringside and this ain't about doink. Happy 100, fellas. Well, I think that's the best clip to play to, to close the show. Well, Joe, you? you're Italian, so... Yes, that, I am. I'm, I'm not, but... Um, that's correct. That, it sort of fits, I guess. It sort of fits a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, Quinn, like I mentioned, I have a I have a special ending here for this one. So oh, whoa. Okay, just, so is this a surprise to me? Am I, do I not uh, know about this? It, it's not that big a deal, but folks, instead of just playing out the theme song, uh, we're going to have the theme song, but you're going to hear a Basically, a collection of all the sound clips that I've amassed over the last Ooh, two years. Okay. A little montage, if you will. On that note, thank you again so much for the last two years, the last hundred episodes. We will see you guys next week. We ain't going anywhere. Don't you worry. We'll be back with, a, like I said, a slightly tweaked format that we believe you'll truly find refreshing and yes, different. It, I, I really do truly think we that. We really actually, do, or else yeah. we wouldn't be changing it. In the meantime, obviously, if you want to donate, you can find us on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Be sure to support our friends as well. GF Allentown, Booking the Territory, and the wrestling podcast about nothing. But Quinn, let's play it out with a collection of clips from over the last two years. See you guys. Thank you so much. And we will be back next week for 101. See ya. Ah, the Cotton Bowl Spectacular. Book them, Dano. Bro. Championship. That's a ceremonial show the fruit you always carries. Crikey. Die, die, die. Thank God Donald Trump's a Hulkamaniac. Don't call them the aftermags. Don't worry about Vanna White. Give me a break. His eyes are closed. He can't open them. Hi, everybody. I'm Ian Mooney. It sucks. Dude, tell us exactly what you think about this. It's wonderful. I'm just...
Lives are going to be in Waylon Mercy's hands. <laughs> Look at all of this crap in this ring. Match. Minus five stars. Motherfucker. New World Order. And the New World Organization of Wrestling, brother. No more prima donnas. Oh, my God. Oh, oh there it is. I mean, they are. See you June 13th. Set for action. Spent a lot of money. Spent a lot of money. Stop! The WCW and the Walmart, all he's interested in is Domino's Pizza. Give me a break here. What a goose! What a goose! I almost forgot the fourth horseman, Ric Flair! Go, go, Who cares? Wow. Yeah, no shit. And you can hear the yo 